The Bar Star Podcast is a show full of stories, opinions, and sarcasm. Hosted by a working musician based in Louisville, Kentucky. Wait a second. This guy knows he's a drummer, right? Not an actual musician? Why would anybody want to... Never mind. Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, a throat frog having Stephen O'Reilly. I apparently swallowed my cat and wasn't looking when I did it. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Please make sure you check out my sponsor, Prophecy Inc., located in the beautiful Highlands in Louisville, Kentucky. Go in the shop, mention the Bar Star Podcast. You will get 10% off your tattoo. By any artist in the shop, not just Travis. You need to go see Travis, but whatever. I am not flying solo today. I am a man who has gone back on his word. Which was actually really just a way to fuck with the guy that's in here hanging with me. I told you that I would have your wife on before you, which yes, you was did. a total bullshit lie. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Rudy. But I am hanging out with the phenomenal guitar player and... One hell of a singer, and I didn't realize you were that damn good till I saw you about eight or nine months ago. I was like, fuck, that dude can sing. Uh, I'm Mr. Tony Clark. What is up, sir? Oh, man, same old. <laughs> <laughs> Living a dream. Oh, oh, you quoting Ryan now? Living a dream? Is that what he time? says? He used to say even. it all the time. See, I never listen to Ryan, so I have I no don't idea either. what he says. Hashtag RMT. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He used to throw Todd under the bus every episode. Now I'm throwing Ryan under yes. the bus every episode. Yes. It's just fun. What's going on, man? How's things? How's no, life? It's Things are great. Busy. I, I would say busier than I want to be, but it's not true. I'd, I'd like to be busier, but I can't. And I don't think there's enough hours in the day. I was getting ready to say, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. Where so, you can do shit. Things are going to, things will start getting in the way of other things, you know, like music will start getting in the way of my day job, which, you know, and then it's getting in the way of life. And then I can't. I got Rudy has to be happy. Aiden has to be happy. If they're not happy, I'm not happy. And yeah, because so, they'll know, both kick your ass. Yes, they will. Yeah, especially Rudy. Get in line. Yeah, she'll beat the shit out of you. Yeah, she'll she'll like she'll kick my ass, and then Aiden will kick my ass, and then she'll be in line with a disguise and kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she ain't messing around. <laughs> so you're getting the double ass kick. Yes. So this this episode uh, is going to be a little more interview esque. Even though I know that you're a fan of the show. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, I am. Um, but this one's going to be a little more interview-esque because in the grand scheme of things, you and I really don't know each other that well. We just really met about a year ago, right? Yes, probably. Maybe a little. I mean, we, we've, we've known, known of each yet. other yeah. and yeah. we've dealt with each other in passing and all that, but yep. we've never hung out nope. and we've never really met till about a year ago, I want to say. Yeah, it's probably right. I think so. So what's your middle name? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Steven. No. So, <laughs> my name is Paulie. Um, so when did you start playing? Oh, my goodness. How long have you been playing? Uh, I don't really I mean, care. I'm just kidding. No, I'm lying. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I got a guitar when I was real young, and I really didn't start playing it until I was probably in the fifth grade, so probably 10 years old. Gotcha. And that's when I started taking lessons. So thanks gotcha. to my fifth grade teacher. Now you're, I'm jumping around because of a conversation you and I had at Wix one night. We were sitting out front after a gig. Mm-hmm. I filled in for Ryan 
And we sat out there till probably three in the morning shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me your dad was a bass player or a guitar mm-hmm. player? Bass player. Bass player. Yeah. Okay. That's shitty memory. Yeah. <laughs> you, knew, you said bass player, so you remembered. I thought I remembered. I, yeah. I had a 50 50 shot. Yeah. But he played forever, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he quit, but he quit when I was really young. Gotcha. Um, but he played for many, many years. He tells a lot of stories about hauling a big K upright around. And my mom would make fun of him because, you know, he, here he is broke, broke ass all the time. And he would, uh, he'd have this bass in the, across the seats of the, of the car. So right. the, 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 and I'm ignorant about upright bass, but the, the little stand that it sits on oh, would yeah, be in yeah. the rear. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, back in, back then in the bigger cars and the neck would be resting on the, on the seat, you know, <laughs> and he would run out of gas. Because uh, it would be Friday, and uh, he'd you know, no gas, about six blocks from the house, and he'd say, I'd drag that big son of a bitch six blocks. <laughs> and then I'd walk in the door, and she'd go, what, you, nothing, you didn't bring any food? <laughs> Woman, do you see what I just dragged, you know, six blocks? She goes, that ain't my fault. That's your dumb ass, you know. And he wasn't getting paid till Saturday, you know. But when he got paid, he'd fill the tank up, and, or somebody come help him out or whatever. And he said this was a never-ending cycle of being broke and playing music and you know, See, trying kids, to work. Musicians have been broke forever. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's why he always said, "Son, don't quit your day job." And I, was, I used to think that was an insult because he thought I was a terrible player. But really, it was because he want, he didn't want me to starve. <laughs> he, he wanted you to have gas in your car. That's right. Okay, so anyway, you started playing when you were ten. Who yeah, you, I, I started taking lessons. You're. Oh wait, total squirrel moment. Are you from here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Karen, sorry. Yeah. So uh, basically, how it worked out was um, when I was in the fifth grade, I had chicken pox. Um, and it was that a explains right, a lot. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> well, one leg's longer than you. Know. I don't think chicken pox does that. But anyway, so we, says uh, you. Yeah, as far as I know. So uh, it was over uh, Christmas break or whatever, and uh, or over Christmas season, we were supposed to be doing a, a Christmas play. I missed a bunch of it because I was out sick or whatever. Right. And um, my dad had somebody uh, in the family or somebody had had, had this little organ and. Uh, on the thing there was little buttons on the left that played chords and right. the notes on the right that you could play individual notes with and they had two of them and we donated one to the church or the school I went to and I, we had another one at home and so I knew we were learning music stuff in, right. in the class and the fifth grade teacher Miss Savala was a huge musician she played every instrument you Hold can imagine up. You remember your fifth grade teacher's name? Yeah, because because of this. I remember some of them, not all of them, but Miss Savala in, in particular. I didn't and, remember five days ago. No, I'm, yeah, it's one of those anyway, things. Anyway, Karen. So, uh, she, I mean, she You're played... You're a better human than me. <laughs> well, she played guitar and accordion and piano and all this. Well, anyway. so Actually, um, I'd probably remember her name, too, because she sounds like... Cool she chick. was interesting. So, I... Uh, over, over the time off, you know, while I was sick or whatever, I knew they were learning Silent Night. Right. She said we were going to do So I was like, well, I need to learn it. So I'm at home, and I learned the whole song. I'm playing the chords on the left. And the, and my sister's helped me a little bit. She's 10 years older than me, and she was like, yeah, it goes like this. And So I learned the whole song, and I go back to school, and uh, it's music class. And she goes, okay, uh, we, we've been learning Silent Night. Donna, Tony, you've been out. Uh, do you know any of it? And I said, I think I know a little bit. And she goes, well, why don't you play it? And I get up on the little organ thing, and I play the whole song. And, and I turn around, and everybody's just staring at me, and I'm like, oh, that must have been really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that must have sucked. And, and uh, she was like, uh, she tells one of the kids, why don't, you, uh, why don't you play, why don't you show Tony what we learned? And it was, hmm, 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 hmm. And you played the whole <laughs> and thing. And I played the whole thing, chords and all, you know. And she goes, we haven't gotten to the left hand yet. You know? 
<laughs> so at the parent teacher conference, she was like, he needs to play music. And she goes, there's two, two reasons why I say that. The first reason is he seems to be musically inclined. And number two, music's the only class that we have that, uh, he doesn't talk through and disturb people. He pays attention. Everything else, he could give two shits. Wait, you talk? Yeah, a little bit. Fuck out of here with that noise. Fuck out of here. People don't know anything like that about me. That have never met me. They're like, he's so quiet. They about to find out. <laughs> this will be the longest episode ever. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. So yeah, she suggested I, I, I take music lessons, and they asked me what I wanted to play, and I said guitar. And uh, I had a Sears and Roebuck. Uh, acoustic with western motif on it it <laughs> turned out to be a huge piece of shit but i still have it <laughs> you still have still it still have it get the fuck out and, seriously yes and there's stuff broken on it and i've put nylon strings on it and figured out how to keep it together and i still have it in the blue case you remember those little things that you used to like uh they were like made of vinyl and you could click out your name or something or oh yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. even know what it's called but uh, like I the put, vinyl punch sticker yeah, things yeah and, you know tony j clark yeah stuck it's still on the case you know it's stayed there all these years i don't know Are how you serious seriously i still Dude, have that's it. cool yeah so um i don't have any of my first gear from none of it i never play i have my first uh guitar amp yeah i still have that Remember earlier when I was being a smartass and said you were a better human than me? <laughs> now I mean it. You're a better fucking human being than I am. I, would, yeah, I don't have any... I have nothing that I started with. And I don't... I got rid of some of it through necessity. You you know the majority mm-hmm. of my story. I'm not going to rehash it here. Uh, some of it I didn't have a choice. Some of it was stolen. Some of it I lost over the years. I have nothing that I started with. And I, I don't really... It doesn't bother me, but every once in a while, like hearing your story, I'm like, man... I'd really like to have that first snare drum I ever yeah. had. Well, here's the thing. Or the first rig I ever had. Well, yeah. I mean, th- this amp is not an amp that anybody would want. Uh, the guitar is not, is not a guitar anybody would want. It's sentimental to me, obviously. Right. But, I mean, I had a, a 1965 Fender Mustang that I hacked up with a with a screwdriver <laughs> to, put a, <laughs> to put a set of humbuckers in. <laughs> I had an original TS9 Tube Screamer that is... You know, one of the one of those effects pedals that are I don't know I don't know if they're still sought after, but I sold it for thirty bucks, and I probably could have sold it for three hundred years later. No, I so you I know, there's it. a lot of nonsense like that that I've lost and gotten rid of, and you know, traded and everything. Well, I think we all have over the years, and then as we get older, and the more we go down this music path, we go, "Fuck, I should have never got rid of that." Yeah, there's a lot of gear that I'm probably like, Man. yeah. Oh, I have shit tons of it. The, the the only thing I have left as far as that's sentimental is, um, and I know, well, I shouldn't say I know. I'm pretty sure you've never seen it in person, my Perpinkle kit. I haven't. You've seen, I know you've seen, seen pictures, pictures of it. Yep, yep. I've had that rig for 22 years. Mm. Let me, I think, oh. We'll call it 22 because everybody knows my memory sucks. I've had that rig for 22 years. It used to be blue. You know that video I have on YouTube? Yeah. It's that kit. Oh, I really? just had it painted Perpinkle. Uh. Okay. I call it Perpinkle because I can't decide if it's fuchsia or pink. I got you. Or purplish. Some people are like, this thing's purple. No, motherfucker, that's a shade of pink. Mm-hmm. So we'll call it fuchsia, but Perpinkle's funnier. But, but yeah, I've had that rig for 21, 22 years. I recorded the Heaven Hill record with that rig. Uh, I toured with that rig. I've had that rig for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's the only, quote, sentimental thing I have. And I haven't played it in probably five years. I'll, I doubt I'll ever play it again. I can't get parts for it anymore. What, what kind is it? It's a Mapex Mars Pro I'm, series. Okay. All right, yeah. I made those in the '90s, and it was, it was kind of funny because they came out with that series to be the, um, like the mid class, just above affordable but not super expensive, 
And what they did was they put a ply of walnut in the middle. And that walnut, they didn't realize, makes those drums resonate for days. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they, they sound fucking amazing. But it was a mid-level kit. So nobody really wanted them, so they didn't make them that long. What, what was the Orion? Uh, the Orion kit. came out in the early to mid-2000s, if I remember correctly. Um, and that was their top of the line for a while. So you, Yeah, so you didn't know I knew anything about Mapex, but yeah. I don't have a Mapex You kit. don't shock me. Nothing that comes out of that hole in your face shocks me anymore. <laughs> I read a lot of... As people read books and I read like, you know, tech shit. Oh yeah, you're total tech. <laughs> how does this work? <laughs> My brother used to take shit apart to find out how it worked. And then couldn't get it back together. <laughs> <laughs> and called me up. And I was like, well, shit. Uh, hang on, I'll figure it out. Okay, so anyway, I derailed you. So you no, still have all your first gear. Well, just that acoustic and, and that amp. Uh, the amp That's all your something. first gear? Well, no, I mean, some of the guitars and stuff I, I, I don't have. I Are mean, you arguing with me on my show? What's that? Are you arguing with me on my show? No, no, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> but I don't... <laughs> So that's yeah, that's all I kept was those. I, I still can't believe you had that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, mostly it's because nobody would ever want it. How, you know, you couldn't sell it. You'd have to throw it away. Um, we okay. went to my wife's uh, aunt's house after she passed away, and um, we were digging around and we found an old acoustic in there that belonged to her. Oh, really? And it's an unplayable piece of garbage. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, she'll tell you. I mean, it's sitting in the closet right now. She's, you know, it's at the. She wants to take it now. I'm, I'm waiting for her to do it. I mean, you know, at some point she'll find the time. But you know, all that work becoming a doctor is kind of it takes up your time, you know. But she was gonna. Yeah, she's a badass. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she's pretty smart. Yeah. So uh, she was gonna take all the strings off of it and paint it and do a whole bunch of stuff and turn it into a somewhat of a tip jar and put it out in front, you know. And and that was something I was going to take to acoustic shows. You know, me and Jessica at least would have that in front and right and. And at one point, you know, Hoback, when I was playing with him, was like, you know, hey, you, you got to get her on this. This is going to be awesome. That's the most incredible thing I've ever heard of. You know, put LED lights and all this other stuff. He was all about <laughs> it, man. He was like, you know, please, let's do this, you know. But, He's all about all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. I love me some Hobie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing with him was fun. I, so. I, I can imagine. Well, we'll get to that part. So how long, and I've asked everybody this question, how long before... Or how long after you had been playing did it kind of click and you went, I can, I'm can. i really fucking good at this. Oh, I, I still don't think I am. I really don't. Uh, okay, I'll it, ask you the question again. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, to, to answer it is, how, you know, how soon I liked it and how soon I thought I, I have to do this. All right, fine. That was in, immediately. Was I mean, it? It was, okay. it was it, I mean, I'm sitting there with this stupid acoustic guitar and I'm not playing a thing and I'm watching. My dad was really into country music at the mm-hmm. time. So we're, you know, we're talking old classic country. He was into stuff that a lot of people may not have heard of, like Hank Thompson and, you know, the the, the Bob Wills and the Texas Swing stuff. The gotcha. two fiddle, steel guitar, you know, that kind of stuff, which really was jazz. A, uh, you, a lot of that shit was jazz. You go back and listen to it and it's jazz. jazz. And yeah. I'm, I'm, trying to learn how to play it. I'm, there was a song by Eddie Arnold called Anytime. Mm-hmm. It's the only song my dad knew on the guitar. And he used to take the guitar and play it. And it was chords and chord shapes that I had never seen. And I'm like, what is that? And he couldn't tell me. He he knew. He never knew. He played by ear. Didn't know anything. And he was around so many musicians that knew stuff. And, and he knew a little bit about the Nashville numbering system. And he'd talk about 145 and this and that and the other. And, a, you know, 1625 or whatever. But it was... He never knew how to read. He didn't right. know a lot about theory, but he could play these crazy chords, these jazz chords. And I'm like, what is it? I don't know, but here it is. 
you know. And he would just show it to you. Yeah. Like on the fretboard so, and shit. And, and I was, I had taken lessons from a guy named uh, Al Peters at uh, the Conservatory of Music in Westland Mall, where Target used to be. It's all closed now. It's all just nothing now. I think there's a, I think there's an Ollie's there or something or a shoe carnival. I don't know. But it was, it used to be a mall. Where are you talking about? It, it was out in PRP. Out oh, in town. Uh, so I go there and she, my fifth grade teacher knew this guy and said, he's, he's really good. And, and he was, and he taught me the basic, you know, EFG, this is the E string, B string, you know, all that. And so it was basic start from the scratch, you know, right. I, I know nothing. And I got the Mel Bay grade one book and then I'm learning how to read music and how, how much to fucking money is that dude? Made? Oh God. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Every book. I, I think I went through grade six before I'm finally like, you know, do I know enough now to play guitar? I don't really know. I, I, you I can only grade play six and you went, fuck Mel Bay. <laughs> you can only play the same song over camp town races and every, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all right, well now I can embellish camp town races and start throwing sixths in and shit and sevenths. And here's a major seventh for you in camp town fucking races. How's that? You know, so, Take that, Mel Bay. But yeah, how to hold the plectrum was like two pages. I'm like, you know, what the fuck's a plectrum? Oh, it's a pick. I got you. Uh, <laughs> and you hold it like this. And I probably still hold it like the book says, you know. I know a lot of people. Eddie Van Halen didn't. And, you know, I'm trying to learn the solo for Jump. And I'm thinking, maybe I'm holding the fucking pick wrong. It has nothing to do with that at all. Trust me. So, uh, so yeah, this guy taught me all that stuff. And then I, when I got into high school, like, uh, he went through a divorce and... And moved around, and, and actually, my mom would drive me to his house to take lessons. Gotcha. Two different houses. And then she's like, I'm tired of driving you, following these guys around. Let's, let's find somebody else. And, and at that point, I'm just like, well, I'm in high school now. I need to focus on that. So I'll just play on my own. Right. And uh, I ran into a guy my junior year. I realized he played guitar. Uh, we had talked a little bit, but... I went over to his house. So when you're old enough to go places on your own and, and you drive a car or whatever, and, or if it's not too far for a bike ride, I went over to his house. And his name was Stuart Vessels, and he still plays, and he used to be with V Groove. Gotcha. And he smoked the living daylights out of me, and I'm like, oh, shit, I got a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so far. So, again, second time. Fuck you, Mel yeah. Bay. Yes, thanks, Mel, you <laughs> asshole. How much money did I pay you? For nothing? For nothing? You know? <laughs> thanks, dude. So, and I don't know who he took lessons with, you know, probably somebody at a real music store, but because uh, the conservatory music, they had, there were pianos everywhere. It was the conservatory. Yes, there, were no, there were no guitars. It's an no. uncivilized instrument, you know? <laughs> so, I got a story about that, too. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I. I, I kind of learned on my own until college. And then, again, Stuart was like, hey, man, I, I met this guy, the, Rob Johnson. He's a guitar player over at Far Out Music. He teaches. You ought to go talk to him. Right. And I went in there on a Saturday, and there's this dude with long hair sitting completely cross-legged on a stool in front of I don't know what kind of amp, playing a Paisley Telecaster, beating the piss out of it, just playing shit that I had never seen anybody play before in, life, in real life. Right. And I'm like, this guy. I'm like, hey, I'm looking for Rob Johnson. You found him. Uh, and I was like, hey, uh, hey, somebody told me I should come in and get lessons. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm all booked up. He's like, oh, okay. So I go over and I pick a guitar off the wall and I start picking around. It's, you know, far out music. And I'm picking around the guitar. And a few minutes later, he comes over and he says, what do you want to learn? I said, I want theory. I want to learn theory. He goes, how's Saturday at 2? I said, that works. He goes, all right, I'll see you next Saturday. And that was my foray into learning music theory because he was like, I got these kids coming with cassette tapes 
and they're like, can you teach me how to play Metallica? I, I know. And I, it was I still a lot teach. Of that. I still get yeah. that shit. And it, it, it's funny because I get a... Uh, some parents and some kids get a little mad at me in my first lesson. The first thing out of my mouth, I will not teach you songs. I'm not going to do it. It doesn't teach you anything. No. Teach Anybody, you how to teach yourself songs. Yeah. I give you the tools. You can figure them out mm-hmm. on your own. Mm-hmm. But teaching you songs does nothing. So I, I, as kind of half-assed shitty as it was, no, I'm all booked up. I get exactly where yeah. he's coming from. Great. Another yeah. kid that wants to learn fucking Metallica. Yeah. No thanks. I'm not interested. Oh, I was in college. I'm sure he's like <laughs> some some college dude, you know. Right. <laughs> wanting to waste my time on yeah. whatever day of the week it is, you know. <laughs> so, Who's the hot band this month? Oh, I'm going to be teaching a lot of Green Day. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I don't even know who was good back then. Uh, I'm what time period would this have been? Ooh, that's a good question. Probably, if I'm thinking correctly, it would have been in the late 80s. Late 80s. Yeah. So it would have been Metallica. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was. Really, technically, I guess. It, yeah. Well, that's why I said one. Because I do remember him saying that. People would come in and, you know, with the cassette. Of, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That first opening lick, you know. How's he do that? So uh, With a pick and a chord progression. Yeah. I'm going to guess. And and the first lesson was uh, play, play, a, play me a C major scale. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And he plays it. And I'm like, oh, I know how to do that. <laughs> so six months of, okay, let me figure out what you know. Right. Because you know a lot of stuff that you have no idea what you know. Yeah. And that's, that was a whole lot of retraining, relearning, you know. I, I had a kid like that. He, a uh, teenager, he came to me and he knew a lot of shit, but he didn't know that he knew a lot of shit. Mm. Um, and that, that uh, on the teacher side of it, that was cool. It's like, how, you know how to do that. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Play this. Oh, shit, I do know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and then you just have to add the name to it in your head. Yeah. And he I, was giving me people to listen to. Yeah. To pick things up from. And I remember going on a session a few years later with a guy. I don't even know how I got. He probably hooked it up for me. But this guy needed a guitar player to come in and play a solo or play a song or whatever. Right. It was at a place called Real to Real Studios, which, you know, all analog back in the day. And uh, I went in and recorded with, I don't even know who the guy was. I just laid the track down. And when I was done... Uh, I think it took me like eight tries to get it. And at one point, I think this name is Jeff. I, if I'm wrong, if anybody knows anything about Real to Real, and I'm, I got the wrong name, okay. But um, at one point, he was like, why don't you go outside, think about it. You're thinking too much. You're in your, you got to get out of your own head. Go outside for a few minutes and then come back in and run a couple of practice tries, and then we'll record it. And I came back in, and I nailed it on the practice try. And I was like, all right, I think I'm ready to try it. And he goes, we're done. You got it. I was recording. I just wasn't going to tell you. You know, that's nice. how he got me to record it. You know, I was nice. too nervous. And when I got got finished, the guy says, uh, "You must be a huge Steve Howe fan." Uh, who? He said, Steve Howe from Yes. Oh yeah, I've heard of Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, "Yeah, you're a big Steve Howe fan." And all the double stops and stuff you were doing, I'm like, mm, "No, not." You know, so I go back to Rob. Hey, are you a Steve Howe fan? Oh yeah. <laughs> so you were getting it from yeah, Rob. Yeah, I'm getting it secondhand. So I'm like, well, what else do you like? Because apparently I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you like, I'm into. Yep, totally. So yeah. Well, no, that that's pretty cool. When did you? When was your first gig? Uh, I'm uh, so the first time I ever got paid to play music. No. <laughs> oh, no, the first different gig. different question. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I mean, technically, it would be in church. I mean, I did go to a Catholic elementary school and high school, and. Uh, it was actually a solo. I got to sing and play guitar on some song that I don't even remember the name of it. Great things happened. It just came to me. And I had to play 
the acoustic guitar and sing. Weirdo, <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> I just remember being in church thinking, "I, I love sing, you, but you're a fucking weirdo." <laughs> <laughs> there was a show called the New Zoo Review. If anybody out there that's old like me, I'm 51, so if there, it was this Henrietta Hippo and J. Fred Frog and some crazy shit. Acid Trip City in the show. Two regular humans and a bunch of weirdos in these big costume-looking things, and they were freaky as hell. And I remember at the end of the song, my mom goes, that, was, that sounded like Newsy Review. And I'm thinking, well, okay. <laughs> I have a theory about children's television shows. I think every human being that is an adult that ever created a children's television show did a lot of fucking drugs. Yeah. Would you maybe. agree? Well, Fred Rogers, maybe not, but probably should have with that, you know. Hey, let's get on the trolley. Ding, ding. <laughs> And let's go to make-believe land. If he wasn't doing drugs, he was missing an opportunity. Somebody was doing some drugs. Maybe he was some scotchy, scotchy, scotch after work. You know, I don't know. Well, true. That's very funny. Anyway, get back to you. Sorry. So, yeah, that was probably the, I mean, technically, that was the first time I performed in front of... How old were you? Uh, maybe 13, 14 at the oldest, maybe. That's Something cool. Like that. You started that young. That's awesome. I didn't even start playing until I was 13. I started late. I wish I'd have started earlier, but... Well, I ended up, they asked me if I would... There was a guy named Danny Smallwood who went to my church, who I thought was cool because he drove a, a Grand Torino. Yes. Red with the white stripe down. I mean, it was a muscle car when you pull in the driveway. Red you know with what? the white stripe? Uh, Starsky and Hutch? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was the Starsky and Hutch car, and it was nice. badass, man. Uh, you younger fuckers can look that up. Yeah, y'all look that up. Look up 351 Windsor or Cleveland, one oh, of the two. I don't know which. I think Cleveland was the big block. Again, more useless knowledge than I yes. shouldn't have. I think the Cleveland was a big block. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know what this one had in it, but it would rattle your teeth when you got in it. And, uh, and <laughs> Cam <so>. much? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So uh, And he played guitar and sang. And his, his mom was the uh, organ player at, at the church. She gotcha. actually performed at uh, Rudy and I our uh, wedding really yeah she was still at at the church she was cool so anyway danny was teaching me a lot of you know church songs because on uh certain masses where you know people didn't care if there was an some people frowned on acoustic guitar in church they were like it does not belong in church it should be it should be acapella or organ or if you have a string section i was like listen i'm at saint timothy's and we're the poorest catholic church in the city of louisville i mean dirt poor catholic church you're lucky to have anything yeah yeah, right. Right. Well, it's the people that went there before. Just throwing that out there. You know, well, you know. It's a little weird. Where you go to, well, it's not Catholic, but, you know, you go to some of the Catholic churches and it's like, ooh, this is what opulence looks like. You know, and you go to <laughs> St. Timothy's, it's like, we don't have air conditioning. <laughs> Can we hurry up with the sermon? It's hot in here, you know. So, <laughs> up, down, up, down. Come oh, on, yeah, I'm sweating, there's a lot. Dude, yeah, let's go. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, calisthenics in. Uh, and Catholicism. Apparently, they don't want you falling asleep. <laughs> Calisthenics yeah. and Catholic guilt. Get on, get on your knees. Can't. <laughs> I'm gonna sit down. Get on your, you know, the nuns and the church would, you know, smack your knuckles or whatever. They were mean back in the day. They could be. Yeah. Could well, away. back in my day, my mom used to go in and tell him if he is out of line, you beat his ass. <laughs> and when he gets home, I'll beat his ass. And they're like, oh, I like this woman. You know, <laughs> she's my hero. Yeah. So the nuns liked her. So. So you played your first. What you would consider your first time in front of people. That's the first gig when you were 13 or 14. That's fucking cool. When did you get in a, quote, band? I'm not going to say rock band because that's, a, some, that's assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, was, uh, I was in a band when I was a sophomore in high school. And gotcha. I wasn't old enough to drive yet. And uh, so my dad had to take me back and forth to practice. 
And Cussing you the whole time. I told you not to do this. Music well, thing. you know, yeah. He's like, well, he used to take. Boy, I can't wait till you're driving. You know, <laughs> and then you're on your own. But what's funny is, uh, and I don't even know how I hooked up with these guys. How I found them, I think it was a mutual friend. But somebody had a band. They had two guitar players, a drummer, and a singer, and the they needed a bass player. And I was a guitar player. I had never taken bass lessons. I didn't know what the bass was. I didn't, you know, I knew my dad had one. Right. Um. But I wanted to be in a band so bad that I was like, I'll play bass. I don't, I don't give a shit, you know. And I tell Dad, hey, man, I, I got this, this band wants me to play bass. And he's like, you don't know how to play bass. Yeah, I know. And he's like, yeah, you'll be fine. Get the shit and let's go. You know? <laughs> so here, here he is. It was his bass. So keep in mind, uh, I still have it. It's a 1959 Fender Precision bass. So all mm. you bass players out there, some of you who have played it know what it is. It's cool as shit. And uh, his 1956 Fender Basement amp. Uh, I still have it as crazy. well, which Stevie Ray Vaughan wanted at one time. Yeah, he told me that story. So uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, you know, that's one of those. Uh, who knew he was going to jump in that helicopter and die, and I would have a million dollar Stevie Ray Vaughan Marshall in my house. But hey, you know what are you going to do? Um, I still have the basement though. I, I still love it. I had it re uh, redone not too long ago, uh, and it's magic. So all uh, everybody thinks I take a shit on two amps. I don't. I own many of them, and I love them. I just don't gig with them. <laughs> you know. We'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. So Windmill. everybody drink. <laughs> Windmill. We'll get to that. Hey. Right. So I, <laughs> I got this uh, 59P bass. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I know it's got strings on it and I can play it with a pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I had to, they were like, hey man, can you use your fingers instead? Yeah, I could try. You know, blisters. Many blisters later, I'm like, well, this electrical tape. Put yeah. electrical tape on your fingers. Uh-huh. It gets rid of the blisters and helps you, you know. So I, my dad was an electrician. There was all kinds of electrical tape everywhere. So I kept a roll of it in the in the case. And uh, when I felt one coming on, I'd tape my fingers up and off we'd go. So I was, the band was called Nothing Fancy. I'm still friends on Facebook with Daryl Vincent, who was one of the guitar players. Nice. He was great. I'm sure he probably still is. He, he's a super good guy. And... The singer was a guy named Bobby Keister, who some people might remember. I think maybe Tony McElwain was in a band with him. I don't know. But You're going uh, way before I got here. Yeah. So, and we took uh, we took pictures down at the railroad tracks because, hey, listen, man, this was in the, this was 1983. So that all was right, probably right. not cliche. That was it wasn't cliche yet. It wasn't cliche. You're right. And you are correct. A, he had a leather glove that we poured lighter fluid on, and we caught it on fire and took pictures. We thought we were, and dude, I, I still have the picture. I think it's on Facebook. <laughs> Railroad mm-hmm. tracks and fire. Yes. Please tell and me there's a brick wall in there somewhere. The, probably somewhere. <laughs> and the sad thing is, they all looked cool as shit. They all went to Valley High School and just were cool dudes. It looks like I was some like homeless kid that wandered into the <laughs> shot. I had like some stupid hat on, like a fedora. See, I'm a trendsetter before trendsetting is cool, man. You know. Uh, so yeah, I, I look like a fat dork. <laughs> Telling you, I really did. I love you. And, and I was the bass player, so it worked out. You know, were, you know. Hey, he's a bass player. Fuck him. Bass fine. players, dirty, whatever. So, but we um. We played our first show at the Sun Valley Teen Dance uh, at Sun Valley Park. We opened up for Caribou, who is still around. Mm-hmm. I think I'm friends with one of the Keeling brothers uh, on Facebook. Anyway, um, they let us open up for him, and we, we didn't get paid. You know, and one of the one of my friends wanted to be in the band so bad, and he he 
he, he played no music whatsoever, so he called himself the manager, and he actually got one of his mom's clip-on earrings and put it on, <laughs> I swear to God, put it on and told everybody he was our manager and shit. We're 15 years old, you know, we're roaming around like we're rock stars, you know? But what's funny is I roll into this gig with this 1959 Fender Precision bass, and all the bass players are looking at me like, who the fuck is this? What What is this, you know? Right. What is that? And I was like, oh, that's my dad's bass. Can I see it? Well, yeah. Can I play it? Yeah. So they're up there playing with it, looking at each other like, what the hell? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm flipping it upside down and playing Rudy Sarzo when we're playing Quiet Riot. I don't know anybody, <laughs> you know. We're doing like, you know, Ozzy Osbourne and, and um, Judas Priest and all this other, you know, all this metal stuff. Right. You know, and, and we opened up for the uh, Caribou and a band called Circus. And we opened up for the Flyers, which was Dennis Ledford and his wife. Gotcha. Uh, and so... And I, that's when I did that. That was it. I was like, I am somehow or another figuring out how to do that. And I'm talking to them. I'm bugging the shit out of them. I mean, I, I'm every guitar player. I'm like, hey, you know, what what kind of guitar is that? What kind of amp is that? What kind of strings you use? What, you know, how do you learn songs? You know, right? How, how do you get these gigs? Who do you talk? You know, how do? You, how much you guys get paid? You know, <laughs> all the things. You're, those things you're not supposed to ask. You know, and and but. It was cool, and I'm watching them tear down at the end of the game. I'm sticking around. They're telling me, hey, kids, you got to leave. And I'm like, can I watch the band tear their gear down? You know, I just want to hear what they're saying at right. the end of the game. I want to hear them talk. You're trying to pick anything I'm up you can. I'm picking anything up I can from yeah. these guys. And and Peter Gabriel, Shock the Monkey, had come out at one point. And these guys were singing, Shock the Monkey. You know, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I got to go listen to that. Cause that must uh, be cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so... It was that kind of thing. It was just, you know, trying to absorb as much as I could. and, and uh, So you turned into the walking sponge? Yes. Yeah. And just looked for info wherever you could find it? Of course, I was also the guy that would go up to the guitar player and say, Hey, man, you're not playing that right. You want me to show you how to play it? <laughs> I'm 16 years old. And they're like, the fuck out of here, kid. You know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so the big mouth douchebaggery started early. <laughs> mm. I think I was born with it. I think it's in my DNA. And for those of you that are going, dude, you're such an asshole. Tony and I have talked about this before. He freely owns it. Yes, I own it. I, I have said for for a, about a year or so now, uh, I'm pretty good at cutting motherfuckers to ribbons with my words. You're a fucking master. Yeah, my wife's like, you raise her tongue. <laughs> Slice them to bits. <laughs> I got it from my mom. My mom was really good at that. Was she? Yeah, she was really good at that. I get it from my dad. He's good and, at it. And I, I'll be honest, my dad hardly said anything. You know, he was real. My dad was one of those people that if you pissed him off, God help you. But if any other time, you know, you didn't even, you maybe thought he was a mute. Right. Because he never said a word. My mom did all the talking. All the talking. And of course, my dad would lean over and say, hey, why don't you get on the phone and call such and such and tell him, you know, and she, no problem. I'll chew his ass. You know, she she relished in, the, in that, you know, that was right. her thing. And she would always say really awful, disparaging, negative things about people. But it was she did it for humor. Right. It was funny as hell, you know. And everybody <laughs> laughed their asses off. And the more they laughed, the more she did it. Right. And then when she got older and she, you know, was mentally, you know, Alzheimer's and stuff, it, it, that part of her personality came out strong. <laughs> I she can would, only imagine. But everybody loved her. Miss Sally, oh, she's she's so funny. I was like, oh, you're okay, you know. And she'd say some really vulgar, awful things, you know. <laughs> I mean, really terrible, terrible, racist, awful, vulgar things about stuff. And some nurses would be in the hospitals would be like, you know, 
trying not to be embarrassed, but you could tell, oh, this even embarrassed me. And I hear everything, you know. <laughs> and we just be sitting there like, mm, yeah, well, you know. That's mom. That's mom. That's my mama. You know? That's my mama. <laughs> so, yeah. So, when you, after you started playing a few gigs and all that shit, did you ever, uh, and this I legitimately don't know the, you thought I was going to do the L word, didn't you? I legitimately don't know the answer to this. Did you get into the whole original thing, or did you always just do covers? No, I've, I've done some original things, but I started doing covers. So, uh, I guess right out of high school, there was, again, some people... What I figured out was, I used to play football, mm. and I was really terrible at football. <laughs> and and I, I was terrible from the day I started playing <laughs> to the day I quit. There was... I did. I did get a trophy once called for most improved player, but I think it was like this motherfucker has been here since he's seven years old. Let's give Let's him a give trophy because we feel so bad for him getting the shit beat out of him every day for you know this many years. <laughs> I went to high school thinking I want to be a high school football player. You know, I'm going to get a lot of girls doing this because girls love jocks. I'm going to get chicks. Yeah, and I was getting my ass kicked, and nobody, no, no girls. But I went to an all boys school. So where the where am I going to get a girlfriend now? You know. But I thought, hey, if I play football, the cheerleaders. You know, so there was a little bit of logic to this, but <laughs> didn't work out. It for didn't you, work did out it? for me. I had <laughs> I had to quit football because I everybody was getting bigger than me, and I just was getting fatter and slower, and that's just not a good combination when you're trying to be an athlete. You know, Jesus Christ! I so, love you. <laughs> but but I could play guitar, you know, and I remember we did some retreat thing for the girls from Angela Morisi and the and the guys from Bishop David where I went to school. It was Holy Cross when I graduated. It was the first. Catholic co-ed in, I don't know if it was the state of Kentucky, but at least in Louisville. Right. And that was the year I graduated. It was A lot of girls got pregnant that year. Can you imagine? You know, three years of no guys and three years of no girls, and all of a sudden you put them together in one school, and somebody's getting pregnant. I call that a fuck fest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, hey, I don't want to say anything. What are you doing later, because... fucking? <laughs> what did you do yesterday? Fucked. If there were girls that wanted to have sex with me, I would have. You know? What are you doing tomorrow? So, fucking. But, uh... But yeah, that, that's a lot of pent up hormones. That was a whole lot, yeah. And so I understood. Um, I ain't mad at it. No. But I, I just noticed that I, I played guitar, and there were like girls all around me, and I'm mm. like, "Hey, wait a second! I don't have to run or nothing. I can just sit there and play guitar." And they wait, come sit I don't have to be me. physical. I could just strum this thing, and people dig it. This is great. Of course, I found out later in my first band that actually played and got paid and, and all that uh, the drummer knew me because we went to high school together and he talked me up to these guys like oh, this guy's a great guitar player you know he can sing whatever and I show up and they're like uh, where's Tony and I'm like I am Tony like, oh we thought you were his like roadie or something we, <laughs> we expected some skinny long haired you know handsome dude to show up not <laughs> <laughs> not, not a, his not road crew so but you know I got the gig so whatever Oh my God, they're so cute. <laughs> Just for you, pumpkin. So anyway, you you did originals because you kind of veered off from. Yeah, I, I I didn't originally. I started. Uh, you started with covers. See, covers. I did the. I I started with originals. Yeah, a lot a lot of people do. Yeah, that. And, and I it, didn't do covers. I didn't do covers till I was in my late twenties. I, I, I started doing covers. For a while. And the reason why is because the guys had gotten together and, and they they had seen bands or whatever, and they, a couple of the guys were older. Uh, they were all friends. They all grew up in the same neighborhood. All went to the same school together. Right. I had gone to high school with the drummer, but the rest of them were a little bit older. Like two years older, and then the, the other guitar player was 
probably five or six years older, something like that. And gotcha. um, they wanted to play, you know, cover songs. They wanted to play all that kind of stuff. And uh, and I was fine with that. I, you know, I can learn songs and play, you know, whatever. Right. And um, I had tried to get into a couple bands before, and it didn't work out for whatever. I, probably because uh, I showed up and didn't, I didn't know the songs. Right. You know? And it's like one of those, well, look, here's my friend. He plays guitar. He'll come over with me and play. And it's like, your friend sucks. Get him out of here. You know, you don't know anything. <laughs> So, so this is the, I'm like I'm taking this serious. I'm I'm gonna start learning these songs and really you know if I want to play music, and we had it so we had it so right back then, but we thought we had it all wrong. Right. We our first gig was a wedding. Get the fuck out. Of here. Our first gig was a wedding. People had heard us. They Ugh. they lived across the street and they and they heard us rehearsing in the garage and they come over. Hey, my daughter's getting married. What do you guys charge for a wedding? We're like I don't know. What do we charge for a wedding? I don't know. We'll, we'll think about it and get back to you. It's like, all right, well, there's five of us. We need to rent a PA. How much is that? I don't know. Uh, we can rent one at Duop. Call Duop. How much is a PA? All right, it's this much. Okay. If we all make this much, this is how much it is. So we went back over, and the I think we asked, what's your budget? And they were like, you know, 800 bucks. And we're like, well, just in luck, we can do it for 800 bucks. And we're thinking, <laughs> that's 400 more than we need, you know? <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so you fucked that one all up. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we got paid, you know, so we did, we did our first wedding and here I am playing a wedding in the middle of the day. They're feeding us. They're giving us free booze. They all love us. We're the greatest. Thing. And you're they, still in high school at this point. I'm, I'm right out of high school. Right I'm out in of college, high school. Just okay. like, you know, 1986. And, and, and I'm they're They're like, they think we're amazing. And people are coming up to us and saying, Hey, you got business cards? No, but if you'll take some phone numbers, that letting, wedding led to another wedding, which led to two more, which led to a few more, and then private parties. Yep. And then, uh, like, fraternity parties, where they were harnessed for fraternity parties. And I don't know how fraternity parties up here, but when I was in Columbia, fraternity parties, stupid money. Well, yeah, but we weren't charging stupid money because we were stupid. So, And some of these fraternities were, like, not... Like, like party fraternities, they were like uh, academic fraternities. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the nerd herd. Yes, yes, yes. They <laughs> you don't have a house. You join this fraternity and you put it on your car, and then when you go to your interview with the guy that owns the company, I was also a Phi o Beta or whatever the fuck. You, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, they were, they, but they were like business people, right? And and, the, and they probably had shit tons of money to spend, and we're charging them, you know, like a thousand bucks or whatever to play this gig, thinking we're making stupid money, which technically we were. Right. So the trouble is, we were, number one, we were stupid. Number two, we were young. Number three, we were finishing gigs early. Like, we were done at seven o'clock, at eight o'clock at night, because we do a wedding at two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So what did we do? We went out to a bar, and we saw bands play at the Toy Tiger in Phoenix Hill and Butchertown Pub and all these places, and we're thinking, this is what we, there's where all the cool people are. They're drinking beer on stage and smoking cigarettes and being cool, and look at all the girls. And we thought, this is what we should be doing, because right. this is what all my musician friends are doing. When I go to music stores, nobody's talking about playing weddings they're ta or private parties. They're talking about playing the bar. So we're right. thinking, that's what we need to do. So back in this time, people, uh, they had created the Murph. I don't know if you heard of Murph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So back then, every club in town on a Sunday would have free shows. Right. And all the proceeds would go to Murph. You don't see that kind of shit anymore. But no, and for the for it just dawned on me for the 
for those of you listening, especially the non Louisville people, Murph is a it's an organization that helps musicians uh, when they get down on their luck. Yes, the or Musicians Emergency Relief Fund. Thank you, because yeah. I was getting ready. I knew you would know what it was. Yeah. I, I forgot what it stand, stood for. Uh, well, I think Marvin Maxwell was one of the first people that had anything to do with it, mm-hmm. if I'm yep. remembering. Pretty correctly. cool organization. Anyway, yeah. Carry on. And I, and I knew some people that benefited from it. And, right. And so we were like, yeah, you know, hey, I, there's Murph thing. You know, why don't we get in on this? This will be a way for us to, I, I know it's exposure. You can't, can't put exposure in the bank. You can't feed your kids exposure, as Ryan Murphy would say. You, know? you can and give them an exposure sandwich. Well, yeah. Good luck, kids. <laughs> Don't get too full of all that exposure, you know. But, Daddy. So uh, I so, love you, Ryan. <laughs> but we thought, hey, we'll play for free, but at least we're playing free for a good cause. Right. It's going to go to somebody else. It's right. not going to go in some asshole's pocket. So I think our first gig like that was at Yogi's, which was off Goldsmith Lane, right across. It was right down the road from the Toy Tiger. So it was everything. I bought cigarettes at the Toy Tiger once. Well, it was everything the Toy Tiger wasn't. <laughs> it was down the road. It was small. It wasn't cool. But great bands played there. And uh, there was a band called Are You Okay, which at the time was really popular. They were really good. And uh, I, I don't really, David Hoback would know every member in the band. I don't remember David Hoback probably made yeah. out with every member in the band. Probably, probably. He made out with me. And last he probably night. played drums with everybody in the band too. Probably. He point. made out with me last night. It was really weird. Oh well, yeah. I kind of liked it, but it was really weird. Well, yeah. Okay. It's weird that you liked it. <laughs> it's Hoback. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they played before us, and then I don't know why they stuck us in the middle, but the band after us was the Mighty Water Kings. I don't know. You probably never heard of them either because nope. you're not from here. The Mighty some Water names Kings. are ringing bells, some names are not. The, I, somebody has mentioned Are You Okay to me before, uh, but the Mighty Water Kings, I've never heard All right, of. so the Mighty Water Kings were like the ultimate blues. It's a kind blues. of cool name, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they played a lot of blues. Uh, Tony Bowles, who has been playing with Hank Jr. now for, I don't know if he still does, but Hank Jr. forever. Jeff McAllister was on drums, and David Holbeck would tell you about Jeff McAllister. Phenomenal drummer. I've heard of him. Jay Comstock played bass. Mike Murphy played saxophone. Jimmy Gardner sang. They were ridiculously talented. The most fun band I've ever seen. And, I mean, Are You Okay blew me away. And then... We and I was like, I can't go on after these guys. They were up there playing REM and shit and just killing it. All the stuff I'd like to play. Don't you hate those situations? I, oh, I can't fucking follow that. Damn yeah, it. yeah, this sucks. But we got up and did our thing. Right. And then my oh, work, you always do it. And you then, just don't want yeah, to. Yeah, you don't want to. And the other guys didn't care. They're like, we don't give shit. I was like, I'm caring. I was like, I'm gonna be a musician. And they were like, I just want to be here. I don't give a shit. And uh, when this band is done, I'm done forever. Which two of them did. Um, but uh, damn. But yeah, you know. But but every once in a while, we we're talking about maybe doing a reunion thing with that band. Uh, band was called Rough Draft, so I had to give them props because very cool. Uh, yeah, and one of the guys, the keyboard player, uh, he's he's been all over the country. He's done cruises and everything. He still plays. Oh, all nice. The time. Yeah, and the drummer still plays quite a bit. So yeah, at some point when I'm not as crazy busy as I am, we'll get together and we'll do a show. Or I don't know where. We'll figure it out. But. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, you so, did your set. so we did our set, and then the Mighty Water Kings get up, and I'm just blown away. This guy's the greatest guitar player I've ever seen in my life. I want to be him. I want to play every note like him. Um, and I, t- I tell Rob Johnson, again, I'm taking lessons with him. Do you know Tony Balls? Yeah, he's a personal friend of mine. You want to meet him? Uh, yes. 
<laughs> and why yes yes i do and so tony just gives me like crazy like like advice like you know th- this is a rat pedal that's a marshall turn everything up as loud as you can yeah. <laughs> and play your ass off that's all you got to do you know what kind of guitar you play what other kind of guitar is there? i play a strat or what i mean he didn't he was giving me bullshit answers because he thought it was funny but man i'm telling you the dudes he they were killer and i loved everything about him and the singer was was uh, hilarious. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. But um, but he was entertaining to watch and funny. And 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 they would do this thing where Mike Murphy would sing uh, like James Brown. You know, mm-hmm. you got to help me. I can't make it by myself. And they put the cape on him and walk him <laughs> off the stage. And then he'd flip it off. Like, ah, help me! And you'd hear you'd hear him say like, you know, oh, he'd be on the radio. They they do this live broadcast on the LRS. You know, oh, folks, I wish you could see him. He's so pretty, so beautiful. Mike Magic Johnson Murphy, you know, the king of beanie weenies, and he'd make all this crazy shit up, and it would be hilarious. <laughs> and but at the end of that, at the end of the night, uh, the guy who owned Yogi's was like, hey, how, how much you guys charge for a gig? And I had been asking all the bands, hey, how much you charge for a gig? And of course, they wouldn't tell me. Right. But they, they gave me ballparks. You should ask for this much. So we did. And he, he agreed to pay us less than that. <laughs> Which I don't even remember. I doubt if we made $100 a person. We probably made 50 bucks a person. Right. We probably made half of what we'd make at a wedding. And like dumbasses, we were like, we're on our way. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Have you heard the... You've, everybody's heard of the If I Knew Then... What, what I, know, I now. know now. Yes. That's a classic. And um, if I knew then what I know now, I'd be a quadrillionaire. Yeah. I fuck out of here with that. I don't Google or Apple or both or something. I don't the fucking world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I'd invent the pop top or whatever on the soda can. And my dad always used to say that. Well, if I could invent something like the pull tab, that guy, the one that stays on it and doesn't, <laughs> and you don't cut your damn foot on it, that guy's a goddamn genius. Yeah. <laughs> my dad went through this whole phase where he tried to invent shit oh did he yeah and he'd call me up and he'd have these really cockamamie ideas and some of them were way ahead of their time like some of them were shit with cell phones now mm-hmm. you could totally do and somebody's done them like you know you call 911 and they know where you are based on GPS coordinates and shit and uh, it would automatically tell the ambulance where your location is right uh, you know and you know it's like find my iPhone type stuff Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And I was like, "Well, you every every person has to wear some kind of locator or something." He goes, "Well, if you want the ambulance to find your ass and take you to the hospital, you will, and you'll pay for it." And I was like, "How's that gonna work?" And he's like, "I don't know. I'm gonna talk to some smart people and see if I can." And he knew all these engineers, and they were like, "Yeah, it's not possible yet. Maybe in and ten now years." And we all have it in our pocket. We all have it in our pocket. And he was thinking, if you could, you know, he was like, "Somebody listen to me, goddamn it!" You know, <laughs> nobody would. <laughs> And this so, is crazy motherfucker. Yeah. What the fuck's he talking about? GPS. <laughs> what is a gypis? What is a gypis? I don't anyway. even know what a gypis is. So, I'm assuming um, that you played all through college. I did. And then you got all smart in computers and got big boy job. Mm, yeah, I did but that. But you still played. I did that, but I didn't get my degree. Um, I, I ended up getting my degree when I was 45. I dropped out because I got pissed off. And when you get pissed off at university, I got news for you. They don't give two fucks. No. You're just some pissed off asshole without a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, so they don't kids, if you're listening, they don't give a shit if you're pissed off or not. Do do your Stick with your shit and do what you're supposed to do. Be an adult. It's hard. I know. But do it. <laughs> my, my, Trust me. My pop, who you saw the other night, but I don't think you met him. 
No, I, no, did, I didn't. I, I didn't introduce yeah. to him. You didn't get to spend any time with him. Uh, he's an amazing human being. And he gave me a piece of advice probably 30 years ago when we hated each other. Maybe a little longer than that. No, about 30 years ago. My dad and I used to hate each other. Now he's probably one of my best friends. Mm. He's awesome. Uh, 76 doesn't give two shits about anything. But he looked at me one day and he was making a circle with his finger. And he said, you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. You can be as pissed off as you want. This circle is the world. It's going to spin without you because it don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. It's true. And I went, uh, holy shit. You're right. Yeah. Hey, don't give a fuck. Going don't through life pissed off is no way to go through life. No. And yeah. I'm an angry person by I, nature. I, I am too. I mean, I have my anger under control now, but it took me a long time to figure that yeah. out. And I don't know why. Go ahead. I, get pissed off. We don't fucking care. Yeah. I don't know why I'm mad. I got nothing to be mad about. I just think it's like my energy is like, you know, maybe I just get it out. And I, I, I think that's the way I am. I, I um, And I have no problems admitting it. I don't know if I've ever even talked about it on the show, but... Uh, I went to anger management when I got divorced. Mm. I had to. I was a, I was that dude that was going to snap and be on the news. Oh, okay. I was that fucking angry. And I've always been that angry. Um, but I electively said, I have a problem. I need to go. I need to go talk <coughs> to somebody. That's good. And I went to anger management and I, I saw a therapist for a while. And the point of it all was she gave me a different perspective to look at the anger. Don't look at it as a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a fucking emotion. Happiness is an emotion. Mm -hmm. Sadness is an emotion. Mm -hmm. It's just an emotion. The problem that most people have, and this is what she told me, and I agree with her. problem most people have is they don't know what to do with the anger. Yeah. It just stews and festers, and then you become a miserable human being that nobody wants to be around. Mm -hmm. And you blow up and break shit and throw shit, and you're just a fucking douchebag. You have to address it and accept it and figure out where to put it. Once she gave me that, I went... That makes perfect fucking sense. Mm. That's how I've kind of controlled my anger now. Because I used to be that guy. Like I, You've seen the vein in my forehead. I know you've seen it. Usually yeah. when I'm singing ACDC, it's... Yep. But that vein would come out over stupid shit. Yeah, I get, I get mad at, I get mad at like traffic. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and, there's, and my wife was like, well, you just calm the fuck down. There's nothing you can do about it. You know? And she tries to be all zen with me, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, but I need to be a, an idiot right now. Will you just let me be a fucking idiot for two minutes? You know, she's like, that's because she's you. a better human than most of us. She's like, I let you be an idiot for 23 of the 24 days. <laughs> Give me the two hours in the car when you're not. Can you do that? And, and what was funny is that my Aiden was in the back seat, and he was, I don't even remember how old he was, but he was certainly too old to say this. But I'm driving, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this dude. And Aiden goes, oh, these people are just fucking idiots. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So now I've... I've corrupted I've, my child. I've just, yeah, I've officially corrupted my child at the age of four or three, however old he was. And I'm just like, okay, buddy, we don't say that. And then it was like, well, we say it. We, but we say it in the car around mom and dad. We don't say it, you know. Hey, there's a couple things you, you don't do. You don't talk about religion at school. And you don't, or on my podcast, yeah. And you don't, to, or to other people other than mom and dad. <laughs> and you don't, you don't talk about any any of that. You don't say vulgar things. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, all right, what, what the fuck ever. You know? <laughs> you know, my, my son does have a. He has said some, but of course he's he's hanging out with uh, with kids. I mean, he's going. He's in high school now. Right. So his middle school experience at 
where he went to middle school was like he'd come home and ask me questions <laughs> and i'm just like oh, uh, where did you hear that oh i know where you heard it but who and you know how and at that point it's like all right let's have a talk so <laughs> so yeah i mean he's a good kid though yeah he's he's a pretty funny kid he's yeah. he's got your personality for sure pretty funny he's a smart little, little shit too well he's got two pretty smart parents you're you're a smart to fucking dude. I mean, your yeah. wife's way smarter no, than you. Yeah. She's she she's got more common sense. I was gonna say she's more she's book smart, but she's got way more common sense too. <laughs> I mean, so you got double fucked on that. Yeah, one. I did, man. You married I, up. I'm out. I'm outside <laughs> in the rain, but they're not sense enough to come in bitching that I'm out in the rain, and she's inside going, "Hey, hey, dumbass, come here, open the door. What do you want? <laughs> Trying to help you out. So you married way up. Yeah, I did. I married up. I mean, I married up too. Hey, Stacy, a lot of money to put up with my shit. <laughs> now, when <laughs> so we love you, fucker. High five in the microphone. That's the first one of the show. Hey. Um. So, I'm I'm a, I'm going to assume. Correct me if I'm wrong. That through most of your adult life, you played and worked like the rest of us did. I did. Yep. And yep. then, when did you get in Wax Factory? Oh my goodness. Uh, I don't. It hadn't been two years. Uh, it's been, uh, I think it was, uh, my first gig was probably April 1st of last year. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not, I'm going backwards purposely. What band were you in before Wax Factory? Because I can never remember. Well, bef- uh, I was in a couple bands, but uh, the one I was playing with the most at the time was uh, Rob Key and Timber Ridge. Right. You were, were, you were in I, Headcase, right? And I was in Headcase. With that Jamie. Was, that was Jamie and my brother. Okay. Right. And, uh. And a few different singers. Yeah, because the only singer I remember was uh, Ryan, I think. Ryan yeah. Oliver, yeah. right? Yeah. He was he was with us for a brief while. A lo- the longest tenure was a guy named Sean Hill that doesn't sing anymore. He doesn't perform anymore. He really didn't before us, and he didn't. He hasn't since. Um, Weird. I know. But <laughs> but he was one of those guys where we had we had auditioned people, and auditions were painful. Um, auditions are always painful we had guys that were really freaky weird like one guy had to just tell get the fuck out of the house right now and it's not even my house (laughs) one guy came in with his girlfriend and you get your shit and leave he had an like a briefcase thing and i'm thinking oh this guy's got like hundreds of lyrics and shit and he was like uh hey you mind if i have a beer and i'm like where are you gonna get a beer from he pulls it out of the briefcase he auditioned four songs he drank four beers so I say to his girlfriend, she's over I was sitting on the steps of the basement, and I lean over and I say, hey, does he drink a lot? She goes, yeah, he's got a real problem. She goes, I'm hoping to hook him up with some guys that don't drink so he can have a positive influence. And I was like, yeah, we're not Next. the guys. <laughs> and he was good, but he didn't learn. He didn't know any of the songs we asked him to know, but he right. knew all these other songs. And I'm like, this guy's coming in manipulating this band to play the songs he likes. Uh, I'm not letting him do that. No, yeah, no that's, the road, that's pal. not cool. That's not cool. So yeah, but it was headcase for uh, we we started technically started before two thousand, because um, my brother didn't start playing bass until ninety eight, ninety nine. Damn, he started way. He late. started way late. He wanted to be a guitar player like me, N- not like me, but same as me, a right. guitar player. Right. And uh, I bought him his first guitar. Uh, I bought it at mom's at a closed door sale. It was my first six months famous cash, thanks to Mark Maxwell. So you know you can finance six months famous cash. And I'm like, what does that mean? And he says, well, you fill out a bunch of paperwork and you prove income. And then if they think you make enough money, you get the loan and then you get six months to pay it off with no interest. And I'm like, sounds genius. Where do I sign? And I did. And I signed. And 
Mark Maxwell is almost responsible for me being in debt. You know, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that I was smart about it, my dad. When I went home and told my dad what I did, he was like, "All right, let me sit down." <laughs> he, you know, let me explain. He goes, "If you don't," he goes, Do you, "What's the interest rate if you don't pay it off in six months?" I, said, I don't know. He goes, yeah, "Read that shit. Let me see the paperwork." And I handed it to him. He goes, "21 percent." He goes, "You know, my credit card here, my interest rate is six percent. Do the math. You got to pay this off on time." I said, "Nope." No and I did. And then, of course, my brother paid me back. He was he was only 14, but he was cutting grass and working bingo and all this other stuff. Catholic thing. And, uh, I was going <clears> to <throat> say, what the yeah, fuck is ca- working bingo? Catholics <laughs> love to gamble. Yeah, I used to make a lot of money. I used to make a lot of money. Uh, it, I'm bingo. telling you, it's that Catholic guilt. Yeah, we drink and and, and then we go to, hey, man, I'm really sorry about that <laughs> drinking and gambling idea. Hey, you're absolved. Say a couple Hail Marys, you know. My, my mom used to say, Hail Mary's full of grapes. <laughs> yeah. What is it my, my wife's family used to call us macro snappers? Uh, <laughs> you know, fish on Friday. I still don't understand what God has to do with, you can't eat nothing but fish on Friday. How's that for a rule? You know, right, sounds good to me, as long as I don't go to hell. <laughs> Any other rules I need to know about? Yeah, you need to come to church and give me 10% of whatever you make or whatever. Whatever you can afford, you know. 10% would be ideal. 20% is even better. Because, um, you know, divinity doesn't keep the lights on. <clears throat> I can't eat a divinity sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Unless that's a dish, isn't it? I don't know. I don't divinity know. a thing? Divinity exposure. There you go. <laughs> Instant heaven. We're in sandwich form. In sandwich. <laughs> now in sandwich form. New and improved. It tastes like chicken. Can oh I get that? God. Can I get that toasted? <laughs> With extra cheese? Yeah, I gotta get it toasted, man. Put some pepper jack cheese on that. Make oh. it a little spicy. <laughs> now we're talking. Oh god damn it! Shut up. I can't breathe. Yeah. So I don't That's even it. know Shows what we were talking we're about. We're no, I, I got nothing. That was like the derailment and taking Ooh. out the whole town with it. Oh, that was amazing. I'm so glad that I was recording that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Divinity exposure. I hope somebody thinks it's funny. I don't know. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I thought it was funny <laughs> as fuck. Divinity exposure. Now in sandwich form. Yes. <laughs> with cheese. That's a t-shirt. Yeah. That's <laughs> T-shirt hell probably has that. Yeah. Probably. What is it? The one I saw was like, uh, there are two people fucking on the back of this shirt, and it was Jesus, and he's just just kidding. <laughs> Got his thumbs up, you know, <laughs> something like that. Or, or the, the other one I liked was so much was the on the back of the shirt, and it says the bitch I'm ta- the girl I'm talking to right now is such a bitch. And it's like, you know, I want that shirt. And I want somebody to take a picture of me. Every girl, you know. <laughs> hey, come over, like, I need to talk to you. Click, you know. You're a twisted fuck. And this is why Tony had no girlfriends for years. You know? <laughs> this is why you pay Rudy a lot of money to That's be your right. wife. That's right. Oh, God bless. All right, so we were talking about bands, and uh, Headcase yep. was for a while. Yeah, so that, like I said, my brother started late, and he, I bought him that guitar. And then the next time I went over to the house, uh, well, it wasn't the next time, but quite a few, maybe a year or so later, I go over to the house one day, and, hey, whatever happened to that guitar, you know, I was going to check it out. Maybe change the strings or something on it, and... He he comes in with a Ziploc, and it just has parts. I'm like, what is this? He goes, it's all that's left, if you want it. I was like, <laughs> like a tremolo block and a tremolo arm and a few screws. Like, what? Where's the rest of it? Well, a buddy of mine 
had a guitar that needed a new neck. And so I sold him the neck for like 200 bucks. <laughs> and another friend of mine needed a guitar body for a project he was right. doing. He goes, I sold the guitar in, for parts for more than what I paid for it. And I was like, okay, smart, dumb, but what are you going to play now? He goes, oh, I'm not playing guitar, man. I don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> and on a whim, I think he had gone to uh, one of the music stores and bought a bass. Right. And started playing it. I was like, oh, I like this. And he called me up and said, come over to the house. You know, I learned a few songs. See what you think. Tell me if I'm on the right track. And I went over there with a guitar. And, and he, you know, he had learned like Stone Temple Pilots and Nirvana and stuff like that was out in the 90s. Right. And uh, he didn't just like chug on root notes and stuff. He had learned the intricate bass part to like um, Interstate Love Song right. or whatever. And I'm like, dude, that's, you know, yeah. That's the song. I mean, what else? And he's like, you know, I kind of learned this song. And oh man, you know, I need to get a drummer and let's let's you know let's see what it sounds like with a drummer. And I called up my old drummer that I was in a band with uh, before, a guy named Shane Strobel, and um, went over to his house. And we uh, we had some PA left over from a band we were in that we just let sit over at his house. And right. Plugged it up and went through a half a dozen songs or so, or maybe ten songs. And Shane was like, "When do we get a singer?" <laughs> I guess we start looking now. I looked at my brother. You into this? <coughs> he was like, yep, let's do it. So that's how Head came. And then the name came about because this guy's girlfriend was kind of a, a nut job. And she would like, you know, we're going to go rehearse. And uh, he'd call me up and say, you know, my girlfriend left again. Packed up all shit and left before I got home. And a couple of days later, she'd be back. And my brother's like, man, your girlfriend's a real head case. And he wrote it with, on his snare drum with pencil on the snare drum head and he's like head case kind of like that and that's that's how the name came to be and, that's uh, pretty funny yeah so it was and uh, I remember when I met Jamie uh, years and years ago mm-hmm. and w- we were hanging out and, and he was showing me pictures of his that flame Yamaha he used to have mm-hmm. and he had a pick hit that the his kick drum head had a had head case on it and it had a jester head yep <laughs> I remember I had, I had known him an hour and I looked at him and I said the fuck is that shit yeah what? I have no idea where <laughs> I have no idea where so here here's that preceded the name was cool but I was like that, that gesture head what that the preceded fuck? him so that that was one of those where you know hey let's put a website together cause I'm the IT guy and I'm like we need a website that nobody will ever hit you know let's you know <laughs> So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on like, a, I think it was Insight at the time, which is now Spectrum or whatever. Right. I mean, I could get free a free website, and I can direct people. I, I can go, I can go buy a URL for five bucks and forward everybody to the Insight and mask it, and they'd never even know where they were. They just know they're at Headcase Rocks because it turns out Headcase.com was a dude that sold uh, hemp products like hats and jackets and and stuff and I called him up or emailed him and said hey man you know you want to partner on this thing and I'll call the band Headcase and we'll you know whatever and he's like fuck you you know he had nothing to, he didn't want to, he's like dude I'm I'm waiting for he was in Tacoma Washington or something he's like I'm waiting for legalized marijuana man and my shit's gonna blow up and I, it's gone now I don't know what happened to the guy I was but, gonna say he's probably a millionaire now but yeah he not. had nothing he was like I don't want anything he literally the literally can you say it or do I a good job. Yeah, you I, beat me just, to the punch. It came right, you know. That came right out. But he was like, uh, his email to me was, "I seriously want zero to do with you." Thanks. But at least he said thanks. 
So at least he was honest. Yeah. So he, I'm did, like, he didn't bullshit. No, he didn't bullshit. He didn't be and I like bush. That. I like that too. So I was like, head case rocks. <laughs> because somebody else had something rocks. And I'm like, that must be what bands do. They put rocks at the end of the name, you know. So that's what I did. And I created the website and I'm like, I need a logo. And Shane was like, you know, I, I drew this stupid jester thing. And that's, I don't even know what it was for, but that's what became the logo. And it makes absolute zero sense completely. And when Jamie joined the band, it was uh, the drummer and the singer didn't get along. Right. And, uh, yeah. For whatever reason, I still don't understand what happened, but you know we've all gotten over it. And uh, he actually asked the drummer said, "You know, it's either me or him." And I said, "Okay, you're going to ask me to choose between you, the guy who plays the drums, and the singer who books every gig, brings a hundred people to every show, who's always on time, who always is prepared, who always knows the lyrics, who's working to market the living shit out of us." Again, you want me to choose between you two? <laughs> Later, dude. <laughs> so, uh, and I and I met Jamie through uh, Ryan. That's how I met Jamie because I, I knew Ryan, Ryan and, and and he and I, our paths had barely crossed or whatever. Oh wait, as Aaron would call it, the six degrees of Ryan Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> so I, I was like, hey, you know any drummers? And he's like, as a matter of fact, the guy was just in the store today looking for a gig, and here's his number. And I called him, and we went over to his house. And we walked into the basement, and there's this giant Tama, I think, at the time. Was it he the had flame a, one? He had a Yamaha kit, but he also had a Tama and the, a rack. The Yamaha one was the flame one. Yeah, I don't remember which one this was, but he Doesn't had, matter. it was a huge rack. Yeah, he did, the, he did have a rack for a minute. With ass tons of drums, and I'm like, if this guy's not any good, this is the biggest waste of fucking money I have ever seen. I'm, I'm going to punch him in the face. You guys might be taking me out to jail, because if this guy's not any good, I'm pissed off now. <laughs> Because that is one nice drum kit with every accessory you can buy. Oh, yeah. Every plastic block and six kinds of cowbells. Oh, yeah. Two kick drums and all kinds of shit. And to Jamie's credit, he did really well in the audition. He knew every song we asked him to know. He played Pearl Jam, which was his favorite killer. And I'm like, I just looked at the rest of the guys. And before I could even ask him, you know, what do you think? My brother goes, you want the gig? (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, I guess he's in the band." And, and he, t- Danny, turns to me and he was like, "I got this. You want the gig?" And Jamie was like, "Yes." And he goes, "You're in. Where do we rehearse?" He goes, "We can rehearse right here." And we didn't know this about Jamie, but I said, We're, "Right here around your pool table. What, don't you have kids and stuff?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." No, he goes, "I'll, I'll call my dad when uh, when when we're done, and he'll he'll remodel a room." in the house for me and he did mm-hmm. and they soundproofed that shit with like extra drywall soundproofing yeah, yeah I've been down it there. was ridiculous and Many it was times. a tiny room yep and it it had it had frequencies that i could not eq out and i'm you know i'm the guy that'll eq the shit out of stuff for days trying to find it and you know there was something ringing and finally i was like you know what fuck this let's all go headphones you guys want to do headphones and they're like i don't know what, what you're talking about but yes you know <laughs> so i got a headphone amp and we all, I got, I ended, we ended up getting like Sennheiser headphones mm-hmm. and plugged everything in. And what it served two purposes. Number one, we could all hear our vocals. This was before anybody was using in air monitors, right? Except for famous stars. I'm sure somebody in town was, but I was like, uh, it wasn't a quote thing yet. No, it wasn't a thing that everybody does. And we put our headphones on, and the singer was like, holy shit, I can hear my vocals. This is fantastic. And I was like, and there's no feedback. So what I was doing is, 
I was running my guitar direct because I had this this Marshall hybrid head that had a recording out. Right. I was running it direct. I didn't need a cabinet. Technically, you don't need one for that because it's solid state. So I just had it sitting on its side in the corner. My brother was running directly into this little preamp thing, into the mixer. So we just had to take our instruments back and forth. And so, but Carrie, Jamie's wife, was like, it sounds like you guys are just down there yelling at Jamie playing the drums. Because all you could hear is us singing and him playing the drums. So it's like just four, just three guys yelling at the drummer for an hour, you know? <laughs> That's funny. But, but it, you know, it was great. It and worked. It, some people hated it. Like when we hired uh, Ryan to, to join the band uh, after Sean quit, he absolutely hated it. Really? I couldn't do it. I don't know why. So I think part of the reason why he didn't want to drive to Jamie's house. So we drove all the way out to his house in Crestwood and rehearsed out there. And we cranked a PA up loud. And every day I left with my ears ringing. And I'm like, this is stupid. Oh, you mean like when I played a few weeks ago and you're Well, no, I had in-ears. No, I didn't. I kept having to ask him to turn the monitor up. I was bitching like a, like a baby. I was. I wanted to throw things at you. I'm glad. I mean, I got, you know. That's... You're glad that I didn't throw things? No, I'm glad that I, I aggravated somebody. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't aggravate me to that point. It aggravates me because it's constant. Don't hate me because I know how to tune my drums. Hey, it's, I just needed to hear. I'm an egotistical guitar player. No. Yes, believe it or not. No. Believe it or not, some guitar players have ego. So Get the fuck out of here. I'm in that minute percentage that has to have the guitar louder than everything else. You should hear my in-ear mix. No. It's all guitar. It's all guitar and a little bit of Jessica. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe Joe. Well, it was Joe. It wasn't as much Joe until he got, and I'm not even going to say what it is, but until he got his new rig. Now his bass sounds amazing, brilliant. I have to be honest with you while we're talking about that. When I filled in for Ryan at that gig a few weeks ago, it was the first time I played with a bass player with no amp. Mm-hmm. I never, 25 fucking years of playing, mm-hmm. I've never had a bass player in my wedge. Yeah. And I had to put bass in my wedge. And I fucking hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because I, there's a part of me, the way I play, I'm such a melodic, I, I don't even want to say I'm a melodic drummer, but I feed off guitar more than I do bass. You've heard me talk about mm-hmm. that. You and I have talked about that. Mm-hmm. I like the... the uh, I guess the distorted rumble, the back end of a cabinet, of a mm-hmm. bass cabinet, I like that. Yeah. I don't like hearing every bass note. Yeah. And Joe's a great player. It has nothing to do with his playing. He, he plays phenomenally. It has nothing to do with that. I just don't like the tink of every note. I, I'm, I'm I want you. that rumble that I get from the back of a cabinet. It was fucking weird. Go, going in here has solved a lot of that. At first, it was, you know, I, I'm saying, I mean, do I miss the days of cranking up? You know, a fifty year. I used to, I used to pay a hundred watt Marshall. I mean, uh, it's ridiculous. But do I miss those days? Absolutely, I do. And the, and all the air moving and all the music around. And I, you know, I probably played better when that was going on. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I'm probably playing better now than I ever have in my life. But it, which is, if anybody's watching videos of me and thinking, "Oh, holy shit, you must have been terrible earlier in life," I apologize. <laughs> but. <clears throat> But I feel like I'm playing better. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Maybe it's just fancy. But but it's one of those things where, you know, going in here, I can hear everything now. Right. And, and if nothing else, it's helped my singing. Right. Because what I've realized is, and right or wrong, people are are more interested in 
a band that's playing things that are that maybe even is painfully familiar that you know like you don't need a Marshall half stack to play Whitney Houston. No, you, you just don't. don't. You and just don't. I when agree. we start the intro to, and it's not even me playing the intro. It's you know ding 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 ding. You know ding ding ding. It's all pre-recorded backing tracks, which right. at first I hated as well, but. I've grown to really like them. And when we play that song, people's like, woo, and they start dancing and the girls come out to the dance floor. And, uh, you know, and only because I know you've had him on the show. If I wanted to play music for a bunch of sweaty dudes, I'd be in a band with Ron Watchmaker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ron, Ronnie, I love you. I love you. But I can't be in the Big Rock show because... That's just not me. <laughs> I'm not the first person to say it, though. I had to, I, I stole that off somebody. I'm not going to say who it was because I don't want, if they didn't want me to repeat it, I don't want them to be mad at me. But that, I, I was not coining an original phrase. But yeah, this is when the Big Rock show was in its height and Ronnie was playing and we used to tease about, you know, a bunch of sweaty dudes going out and listening to, you know. But I, I did like to go out and listen to them. I've heard them a few times with Kevin McCreary, and they, uh, they, they were, would do the entire Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. You know, and phenomenal. I'm just like, the fuck out of here, man. I hate that guy. He's so good. Ronnie and I talked a little bit about that on his episode, which you have not heard because it is not posted yet. Uh, but the only reason I bring it up is because we, we did talk a little bit about that stuff. And it's my opinion. It, there's nothing wrong with either side. No. You do what you want. You don't do what you want. You do what makes money. You don't do what makes money. The end of the day, we're all playing. Yeah, uh, you can't deny the crowds they used to get. No, absolutely when they were playing. not. You can't. Absolutely you can say not. anything you want to, disparaging or otherwise. But it, the truth of the matter is, I never went to a big rock show show where there wasn't a lot of people. Oh no! And they were into every fucking song they did, which is okay. Right. But doing it right, call a spade a shovel. Ain't a bunch of chicks going to see Rush. No, that's. Well, there are, but I don't know about... There ain't a bunch of them. There ain't, well, there the ones that are there, couple. I don't really want to... I don't know. <laughs> they probably got bigger sausages than we yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> so, or they're into chicks. You know, I don't know. Is that... Is Not that, that there's anything wrong with yeah. that. So I guess what we're saying is, Rush, a bunch of lesbian fans. <laughs> you know? I'm not saying that you yeah, said it. I, I, yeah, I shouldn't have. I'm a big Rush fan, so you know. <laughs> I'm not. So I, I am. Shit. I am. We used to talk about Odd Titan signatures, and I'd bring up Rush, and they were like, "What? I, okay, whatever." Yes, and that, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, like you don't need a hundred watt Marshall to play Whitney Houston. So it is what it is. No, I, not that I've always played that. Can you imagine a bunch of dudes? I've seen it happen though. It would actually be kind of cool. I saw a bunch of guys cover "I Want to Dance with Somebody." Uh, there was a band called A Lion Named Roar. Have you heard of them? Mm -hmm. They do a cover of Dance With Somebody, acoustic, and it's pretty damn good. They're a talented group of guys. I am. I'll check yep, that yeah, out. Yeah, you should. They do a whole bunch of covers and, and on this. It's, it's on YouTube. So Everything's on fucking YouTube. I know. I'm so, on YouTube, and I'm a, a fucking schmuck. Yeah, I've got a couple of videos, but they're... I, I, I put one video up on YouTube, and this was the thing I kept telling Aiden. He wanted his own... YouTube channel. He thought that he would get on there and do video game things like these other guys. Right. And I was like, well, they're already doing it. You need to do something different. You need to find something else because you're not going to be successful at something that somebody else is doing. And he goes, says the guy that plays covers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn. Well, okay then. Why don't you just do whatever you want? And so, he, hey, you know what? I'm just going to continue to be your dad and you fuck off and get away from yeah, me. Yeah, just do whatever you want. And he did. <laughs> He did two videos, and they they didn't go very well. And he's like, you know, yeah, I'm not doing that. I said, I'm not saying anything because you burned my ass. And with, you win for a with while. With truth. 
<laughs> so you got um, me with the truth. Yeah. So uh, anyway, he, uh, I told him, I said, you got to have thick skin if you're going to get on YouTube. Oh, yeah, for and sure. I did a video. I bought a Bogner um, Alchemist amp. It's, it's made by Line 6. So it, Reinhold Bogner supposedly designed it. Who, who knows? It's a decent sounding amp. It's not something I'd want to gig with on a regular basis because it's not road worthy. It's you right. Know, you bump it a couple of times and stuff's going to start breaking. Anyway, I'm demoing this amp because I think it sounds really good. And I play this thing. And when I'm finished playing, I said, man, I'm going to post it on YouTube, whatever. I'll post it on YouTube. The first comment was a guy saying, you should kill yourself. Are you fucking serious? I swear to God, you should kill yourself. That was the most god-awful thing I've ever heard. He just went on and on and on and on and on with the same shit over and over again. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> and then he deleted the comment. And I was like, don't delete the comment. I like that. That was good. It reminds me of when Eric Clapton talked about the Clapton is God painting. Oh, yeah, yeah, And the dog peeing on it. Yep. So I'm thinking, this is, yeah, I rock that. And this guy's like, you should kill yourself. So everybody's got a fucking opinion. What was it, Louis C.K.? And I hate to quote him because he's a pervert, but he said, uh, "Stop." I've said it on the show before. I don't care if that dude fucked a cow. He's a funny son of a bitch. He's funny. I don't give a shit what he does. Yeah, I'm gonna say it, and I don't care who gets mad at me. That motherfucker's funny. He is. He diddles himself in front of chicks. What if? Whatever. That's your deal. I don't care. Anyway, go ahead. But he said, uh, he said we could all be nicer to each other. And not have technology, like we can get rid of all this technology and be a lot nicer as human beings. Or we can have this wonderful technology and we can make snarky comments about somebody on YouTube while we're taking a shit. (laughs) It's true. I got nothing. Yeah, it is true. (laughs) Self on YouTube on the shitter. Yes, exactly. All right, before we move on to social media issues... Headcase ended when? Headcase ended my. Uh, I'm trying to remember what year. It's been in a couple. It's been a few years before. I'm trying to think. Maybe 2016. So it was a couple of years before you got in Wax Factory. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. okay. my brother had told me he said, "You know, I'm done. I'm I'm kind of tired of this." We we had uh, <clears throat> at the time we had David Holbach playing drums, mm-hmm. which. The greatest thing for my brother because they those two guys were firing on all cylinders at all times. Right. It was some of the greatest shows I've ever played were with David Holbach and my brother on bass because right. they they just they got it. They I mean, I would turn around to Holbach and I'd be like, Slow down and I'd catch Danny in the corner of my eye going, You watch me. You fuck him. You watch me. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? 100, 100% right. I'm just going to go over here and rip solos and do my thing because right. they got this. Right. They're, I'm, I'm just riding along now. The bus is all, they're fully capable of handling this and I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah. And Billy did his thing. Billy Burton was singing for us. And we were doing great songs and having a lot of fun and everything. And then my brother was just like, man, I'm so tired of, of this adult daycare called the bar just watching these drunk assholes just come in here and you know and there were a few times where people get real obnoxious right it happens oh yeah um and he'd have to set them straight and we had one guy just come crashing into the stage one time and hit his microphone and knocked it into his mouth and i saw the fuse just click and i was like oh shit he's gonna kill this guy <laughs> we're gonna everybody's going to jail and he stopped himself and he helped the guy up and he's turned and the guy turns around and he was like you're never going to do that again, are you? And he was like, no. And he goes, that's right. 
He goes, now, 10 feet away from the stage at all times, or I will smash your face in with this monitor. We clear? And the guy goes, 100%. He goes, go get me a beer. And the guy walked over to the bar and bought him a beer and handed it to him. He was like, cheers. And they had a drink together, and he turns around to me. He was like, all right, what were we doing? Wait, what happened? We go into the next song, and it was like, you know, uh, he, he almost killed the guy, but then he's like, no, I'm just going to take handle this the right way. And Damn. So, yeah. So, uh, his fuse is that long. <clears throat> it was short. <laughs> Nobody can see me because I'm making this tiny little... This is audio it's only. This is audio. Yeah, I'm, I'll figure it out at some point. So <laughs> <laughs> You need some kind of caption or something. Tony's now taking his fingers and holding them an inch apart. So, I've been uh, saying I'm going to get a camera in here, and I'll be honest with you, I just don't want to. Nah, you shouldn't. It's no. better audio. I Trust like me. an audio, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so he decided he wanted, to, he wanted to quit, and I'm like, all right. And then it was disappointing because we had been doing it for so long. We knew it for 16 years at that point. Right. And, uh, which with one little small break. Damn, and, I didn't um, realize that band had been together that long. Yeah, I mean, it was 2001 we did our first show, 2001, 2002. Um, 2001, we started, you know, building the song list or whatever. So, uh, right. And our first gig was at Gersel's, and we made a ton of money because they charged at the door, and then they handed us all the money from the door, and all of Sean's friends showed up, and it was like, and they all were like these young professional guys that worked for like consulting firms, and they all had tons of money, and they were just throwing money around like crazy, and the guy who owned the bar at the time was not Eric, uh, it was some other guy, and he was like, um, can I get you guys in here every night? Because <laughs> it was packed. I mean, I got pictures, and you, you just you couldn't see anything but people. Right. And uh, I think it was on a Thursday night. So yeah. we brought huge crowds in there regularly, and we had a great time. And, and he was like, you know, it ran its course. I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of burned out of it. And I, my girlfriend and I like to travel. And there are times when I just want to get in the car and go on a weekend to Nashville or to wherever. And I don't want to have the burden of playing. I don't want to hold any you guys back. And he was like, I, David, I know you like to play music a lot. Billy, I know you like to play. God knows, Tony, you like to play. So why don't I just bow out? And at that point, I'm like, I don't want to keep doing this without you, though. Right. Because it's Headcase, and we started it. And so I said, I put the quit. I put the kibosh on it. And at the time, I was playing with audio addiction. Right. Um, and I was also playing with Rocky and Timber Ridge. Right. And I was like, my plate's full. I don't want to keep three bands going. So uh, I ended that, and then I shortly thereafter quit audio addiction. And so there was a brief period where David Holbach and I didn't like each other. We yelled at each other on the phone a couple times. And, and, and then we made up, because he is my friend, and I met him when he joined the band. And I knew of him for years before that. Right. And I think both of us, had, you know, I know he feels like I screwed him over at the time, and maybe I did when I quit the band because he was really trying to get that band going. But as you can see, everything happens for a reason. Really, I believe that. Oh, and I... he's kicking ass with Soul Circus, and oh, yeah. I love that band. And Now, you're talking about screwed him over with audio addiction. Yeah. Oh, that, I'll say it because I don't give a shit. That man has been riddled with problems from day one. Yeah, I mean they they got Ronnie after me and and he he didn't stay very long and but of course now she's got Bill Miles and Todd Nickens and they're you know hey uh, best of luck yeah best of luck you know I want them. no animosity I love I love I all of her it. and Dan, you know Dana and Dennis she was on a she was on a podcast the and talking about the band and they asked and it was like right after I quit and they they asked who's in the band and she Gary was in the band before me and and then me and. 
She didn't mention any of us. We're like dead. And I'm like, well, okay. And then we haven't talked. She hasn't talked to me since. And I'm like, well, you know, Whatever. I'm not, I'm still sleeping tonight. So I sleep very You know well. what I mean? Uh, much respect and love, but hey, it's okay. Yeah, it is what it is. So you started subbing for Wax Factory, correct? Is that kind of how you got um, that gig? Well, actually, in all honesty, what happened was uh, I was playing with Rob Key. What had happened was. What happened was. <laughs> I was playing country music. <laughs> And listen, I like country music. I, I, I really hated it at, at first, and I grew to like it quite a bit. When you start playing, I've said it before on the show to my friends, to my musician buddies, when you start tearing that shit apart and learning it, yeah, you get a whole new respect yeah. for it because you're like, fuck, I didn't realize this shit was that hard. Yeah. And when Rob's saying, we're going to learn uh, Just Stay Here and Drink, and I'm like, oh, I got to learn that solo? Yeah, and then go, we're going to learn Liza Jane. I'm like, oh, there's only one guy in town I know who can play Liza Jane, and that's Sean Shelton, who I just threw his name out because he's, he's a friend of mine and he's good. Um, but And he can play that solo a million times better than me. Sean Shelton is very good. Yeah, he, I mean, I, he's the reason why I bought a Z-Lux, because he had one, and I thought, man, that sounds good. And then when one came available, I was like, done, mine, I got it. <laughs> of course, I've sold it. But, uh, but still, um, I love playing country. Right, I did. I really did, and sometimes I miss it. And so uh, we'll probably play more in Wax Factory. But Rob was going through some stuff where you know he was changing jobs and they were moving, and he was like, "I can't keep this up," and so he was going to slow it down. And uh, so I said, "Well, I need to find something." And I guess the easiest thing for me to do is find a rock band. So on a whim, I jump on Facebook. Anybody know a rock band looking for a guitar player? Hit me up. And my phone rings, and it's Ryan. Mm-hmm. And a hello, and he was like, "You serious?" And that's the first thing. Said, you serious? And I said, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "That post on Facebook." I said, "I'm thinking to myself, oh shit, what have I posted now? <laughs> <laughs> what am I getting ready to get my ass reamed over now?" And he was like, "Oh, you said you need uh, looking for a band." I said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not in trouble. Yeah. And he was like, uh, "Totally." And I said, "Totally what?" And he was like, you know, "Wax Factory." I was like, "Well, what's wrong with Jeff?" And he's, "Oh, Jeff." He's leaving. Hi. How you doing? So I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. Everybody knows at this point, Jeff left to join my band. Yes, he did. Which was not my intention. Well, hey. But know, it happened. I am i can't say I'm unhappy about the situation. I wouldn't say you are either. Brilliantly. Yeah. And know? Jeff's not even in my band anymore. He Jeff told, told me last May he did his last show with Gas Money at Baxter's and he said, I'm I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. And there's no animosity. Jeff yeah, and I are fine. Be. He just yeah. he's like hey, I'm done. Yep. I went uh, okay, cool. And I, everybody, you know, Joe and Jessica and Ryan love him. Did I love him to death? Yeah, I love him. You know, he's a great yeah. dude. And, he's a good dude. And I'm thinking, you know, and I'd seen them play quite a few times, and I'm thinking, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm up for this. You know, he's a good player, and that's real good. Player. And the, this is music I'm not that familiar with. I'm not sure I can do this, but I thought I'll give it a try. And I thought, you know, one of the things that maybe I can bring to the table is I'll sing a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I had been singing a whole lot, trying to do background vocals for a few years, and trying to get that going. And and so I thought, you know, okay, I'll just sing a bunch. And then and <laughs> Jessica, at one point, I think it was signed, sealed, delivered. We were doing it in rehearsal. And I was doing a lot of vocals. And she turns to me and she was like, I, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> and just the other night at 4th Street Live, this guy got up and he wanted to do uh, Living on a Prayer. Right. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it was a Bon Jovi tune. It wasn't Living on a Prayer. It was uh, Dead or Alive. Right. 
and I'm so used to singing all the background on that because we did it for years in Headcase. And so I'm singing. I look over at her and she was like, every time she goes to sing, I sing. And she's like, well, you, are you going to let me sing or not? And I'm like, yeah, he's going to, then another guy's going to do it again. I'll let you sing. And as soon as she went to sing, I'm like, I start singing. <laughs> she's looking at me like, I'm going to kill you. She's going to kick your ass one day. Yeah. She's going to do it on stage. It's going to be will. funny. It'll be funny as hell. Jess, there's a 20 spot in it for you if you do on stage. <laughs> So you've been in that band almost two years? Yeah. So I, my first gig was April 1st, I think, of uh, not this year, but last year. Yeah, so a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. so a year and a half. Yeah, because that would be uh, Jeff joined Gas Money in January of 17, and then a couple months later he quit Wax Factory and was with us full time mm-hmm. because Adam left Gas Money. Mm-hmm. I replaced Adam with Jeff. Mm-hmm. And again, no animosity there. Adam's actually back in the band now. Yeah. Uh, and then he decided he Jeff decided he didn't want to do both bands, and so yeah. And then Jeff quit Gas Money in May of this year, right around the same, almost the same time frame. Except you're still in Wax Factory. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's how I got in the band, and uh, and that's where you and I actually started quote yeah. hanging out. Because yeah. I had seen you, and you knew I was friends with Jamie, and I'd seen Headcase a couple times. Yeah, and... Jam- you're all Jamie talked about for a long time. Seriously. I mean, Steven says, I should turn my kick drum. you know, And he's got rulers out, and I don't even know. I mean, it's like, dude, you know, what does Steven say about personal hygiene? There's a lot you know? that we won't talk about, because <laughs> some of it's fucking creepy. Yeah. he was, And I love Jamie to death. Oh, I do, too. But sometimes. That was the little... hardest thing I ever had to do. And playing music was to tell him he's not in the band anymore. Oh, I can imagine. And it was, it was, and he took it like a man. I mean, he was really big about it. And he knew it was time because he wasn't really, he, he really wasn't doing what we wanted to do. He wasn't learning the new songs. He wasn't really putting the effort in. And I think he was thinking, yeah, it's kind of not wanting to be in this band right now, but didn't realize it. And I'm still very good friends with him. And I think he's a, one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. Oh, Jamie's awesome. He just, I've, and I've said this to his face, so I'm not talking shit about him. Jamie is the guy that was never the cool kid in school. Never even, he was so on the outskirts of the cool kid. And then when he grew up and he got into music, as an adult, he's in with the cool kids now. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to, to be, he doesn't know how to just be. Yeah. And I've told him that to his face. I'm like, dude, you just need to just be, brother. Yeah, just chill. Fine. Just chill. Everything's cool. Yeah, he's wound a little tight sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey. oh, yeah. And he would get real nervous when people, when musicians would show up at gigs. And mm-hmm. he would start messing up. And I'd turn around and say, hey, man, it's just Saturday night. Yeah. You're you just know? playing drums, brother. And he was like, no, no, I'm just, you know, I'm so nervous. No. No. Just do a shot. It's all good. It's all good. Just have a good time. Yeah. No, your, your friends aren't judging you, man. We're just... No. And he's he's taken a lot of that advice from all of us, yeah. myself included, and he's doing well. He's in, an, uh, I think he's in the Bourbonauts now. Yeah. And he plays Cajon with uh, I've seen him play Cajon Frankie with, Moody. Yes, and he he's good. Yeah. They, they do good yeah. together. They so, do hey. well together. It's yeah. awesome. All right. So let's move on to social media issues. All right, so what do you got for social media issues? Because I know you got a bunch, because we're going to talk about something that's going to make Ryan Murphy very happy. Well, all right. So, but we'll save that for the end. I kind of thought about it a little bit. Um, actually, I thought about it a lot. And and I don't know what I could add that hadn't already been covered by everybody that's been on the podcast already. 
I know. I've said it on a few episodes. Eventually, social media issues is probably going to go away. Or I'm just going to make a big fucking satire piece out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can turn around and, <laughs> and spend, just start spend reading some shit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of, sometimes, any anytime you're dealing with... So if, if you talk about it in terms of, you know, the anonymity, that's not the right word. Anonymity. Anonymity. Thank you. Who's the smart one again? Oh, yeah, it's my wife. Um, <laughs> so if you talk about it in those terms, I'm not even going to try to say it. Um, it, it. People bully each other. And I think David Hoback talked about that in the first episode, mm-hmm. the, being a bully. And yeah, online bullying. I equate it to the same as driving in the road. You got this buffer. You're driving down the road in your car. Somebody cuts you off, and you're like, oh, you miserable piece of shit. And you flip them off, and you're like, because I'm never going to see this guy. He's not going to stop his car. Some do. Some do. Some do. Those are the ones that shoot you. <laughs> There's more you know. than one reason why I have black windows on my car. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, that's I what can it's flip like. You off, and you'll never see it. <laughs> People just think that they're in these buffer zones where yeah. they think it's perfectly okay to behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to say that there's something wrong with, like, you know, in some ways losing your humanity on uh, the internet because I've been a real prick to some people. Yes, you have. On purpose for humor. Remember, <laughs> I explained earlier about my mother. <laughs> so maybe I have mommy issues. I don't know. I'm just trying to show. Uh, I'm just trying to keep my mother's memory alive by being a complete asshole to some people on Facebook. <laughs> I love you for that. But if you when, issues, all right. So if you think about it, you know, there's there's you know one of the main issue I have is I'm old. I don't know how to do Snapchat. I don't know how to. I don't know anything about Instagram. I'm constantly asking Aiden, "What does this button mean? What, what's this icon popped? What does it mean? It means you've been tagged, dumbass." Oh, okay. Somebody okay, put me somebody, in a photo. Yeah. And I said, "How do I get to it?" He goes, "You touch it." I said, "I did." And I touch it again. It works. I'm like, oh, "Okay." I just got really weird fingers or something. And you know, I'm, I can't even touch the screen right because I'm an old man. I should go back to flip phones and just calling people. Hey, what'd you what, what'd you post on Facebook today so I can read it to me line by line because I don't have a smartphone anymore. <laughs> So hey, know, I the, miss my fucking razor. Well, that's the 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 IT guy has a flip phone. Um, so <laughs> not far fetched. It's true. <laughs> but honestly, when I when I think about social media issues, I think about the the vulnerability that people have. They don't realize it, and this is coming from an IT perspective. When I see all these guys or or whoever, the latest one, which I said something to some people about, were the guys that were posting the pictures saying, "This is what I look like as a chick." Did you see those? Yeah, I did. All right. Did. Every one of those apps, when you go into it and it says, log in as Facebook, Facebook, we will not share your information or post on your behalf or whatever. Well, that's what you, what you did was you just went out and you found a dude that's outside your house. And he's like, hey, you know, I don't want to come in or nothing, but if you'll give me a key, I'll just hold on to the key. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this cool thing. I'm going to like say some cool stuff about you or whatever. Or, like, or I'll let you have this cool brochure or something you can show other people. But I, I do need the key to your house. No problem. Here you go. Here's the key. While you're gone, this motherfucker's in your house. you know, And he's in there forever. And he's got every picture you've ever shared of your kid. And, and of course, I'm saying this, and I know that somebody's already got pictures of my kid, my wife, and me, and everything else, because I posted it on Facebook. Right. And that means I might as well have just posted it on a telephone pole at the end of the street. Right. You know? And so, but it's dangerous because, I, and, I get, and the reason why I say this, I, and I, I guess mine's a cautionary tale to be careful, because everybody's on social media and everybody's sharing everything, and I, I use it as a platform to promote the band and everything else. Right. And I, you know, I don't, 
I've been burned so many times by trying to be clever or whatever, and then somebody takes a big fat shit on it, you know, or I or they po- take it wrong, or or yeah, that's really difficult to do, is because you you don't have the body language along with the along, and that Mm-mm. gets me in trouble constantly. I've been in trouble at work before for emails where they're like, "Oh, you're just talking down to me." No, I just you needed to know what to do, and I gave you A B C D, and well, you didn't have to say it like that. Well, how in the hell was I supposed to say it? Right, you know. So I get in trouble for that because it's like we don't know. What you were trying to say, we just think you're being an ass. You know, Stacy gets on me about the same thing. I I come across as an asshole often, especially electronically. And so, but you know, so there's that aspect of it, and then there's the technological aspect of it, where you know we're opening ourselves up through these avenues to to just be exposed and for people to take advantage of us. And um, you know, so my so my brother has been deceased now for well since March, right? And he had a really dear friend who I'm friends with on Facebook, a super nice guy, Gary. And Gary's, uh, well, I don't know if they're married or not. That's terrible. I don't know. I'm thinking they're not. But anyway, I get this message out of the blue from him. Hey, buddy, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, Gary's checking on me. How cool, you know? And uh, so, I, hey, you know, doing great. How about you? We're great. He goes, hey, have you heard from such and such yet? And it was some four-letter four, digit, four acronym I'd never heard of before. And... I'm like, well, maybe this is something to do, because he was an electrician. Maybe this is something to do with the local, uh, the electrician's local, and maybe there's some benefit available to my brother, a death right. benefit or something. I don't know. No, I haven't heard from him yet, you know? Oh, yeah, you should totally call this number and talk to uh, Eric, uh, uh, Agent Eric John or something. I'm like, this man, this, the way he's typing just doesn't sound right. And so I'm like, um, what is this again? He goes, yeah, he goes, well, I got a settlement. I, I got half a million dollars. Now, I know Gary. If Gary got a half a million dollars, there would be a party. <laughs> and I would have already been there. And we would have been hammered. And we would have been crying with about talking about how wonderful my brother was. And then we'd be drinking again. And we'd be like, you know. I was like, oh, somebody has stolen Gary's identity. Right. God damn it. You know, so I'm like, all right, well, time to have some fun. So I messaged the guy back, you know, hey, have you, have you told my brother yet? Because he'll want to know about this. And he's like, uh, Yeah. Talked to him about it yesterday, and he's already submitted the paperwork. I said, great, because the motherfucker's been dead since March. <laughs> but I, I didn't say that. I'm just like, all right, time to keep time to keep dragging this on, you know? And I said, so what? who am I need to talk to again? Because I'm totally going to hit this guy up right now. His name is Eric, Eric Johns or something. Here's his phone number. Here's his email address. Okay. I mean, I'm calling him. You calling him right now? I'm calling him right now. He's not answering. Try him again. I know this is the guy. I'm calling his phone, you know? I was like, oh, all right, I got, I got through to him. I'm talking to him right now. Uh, he wants to know when you're having your coming out party. And he was like, my what? And I said, your coming out party. He goes, what are you talking about? And I said, well, according to Eric on the phone right now, he says you love to suck dick. <laughs> and that's when he blocked me. And I couldn't respond to him anymore. And I was disappointed because I thought, man, I went right for it. Too. I actually could have drugged this out a little longer and had some gold. But... Because I love messing with these scammer dudes. It's one of my hobbies. Uh, I love it. So I'm like, instantly, I, I hit this guy up who runs a site called Hoax Hotel. I love um, you. And I'm like, hey, man, here's a, here's a phone number and an email address. Please blow this guy up. And he was like, he emails me back. He goes, blowing him up at the moment. And this guy has got all the software where he can dial you. He can call you from a number and you answer it. And you're like, block. He calls you from another number. 
block. He calls you for, he's got a million numbers. He has the same software that those guys have when they call you and they're spoofing your number and you think, you know, cause my phone starts with 299 and somebody calls you from 299. I got one the other day. Hey motherfucker, don't ever call me again. I didn't call you. Somebody called you with my number cause you can do that now. Right. You know? And that's what he does. And so he just unmercifully crucifies these guys and then posts YouTube videos about it. And it's hilarious. Oh, I need to check that out. Oh, it's a hoax hotel. And he, the funniest ones are the Nigerian scammers that want him to go to the uh, to the Western Union. Go to the Western Union and give me your MCTN number, you know. And I, you get your $5 million settlement, you know. And he's like, and he pretends to be an old lady. Well, you know, I'm, I'm right in the middle of my third bottle of Boone's Farm. So I guess I could hop on the old Zamboni. And he pretends to be from, like, Minnesota. And he goes, what do you drive? Are you in L.A. at the moment? LAX, well, I don't want to be lax since you're at LAX, you know. Did you hear what I did there? You know, he just drags this on for days. <laughs> These poor guys are just like, never call me again. Uh, and then, hello? And he calls him right back. And so I try to do the same thing. I'm not nearly as funny or, or successful, but I use I can get him going pretty good for a while. So I posted all about this guy's information, and then I try to call it the next day, and it's gone. The number's no good. The email comes back. It's right. like, I, we have already destroyed that, but I'm <clears throat> sure he's moved on to the next victim, and he's got a 1,000 more behind him because Gary probably loaded an app on his phone, and this guy says, well, there's Gary's profile picture, and I'll create a profile called Gary so-and-so, and here's his picture, and nobody will know the difference, and that's exactly what he did, and right. that's what these people do. and. If you ever get the friend request, it's either porn or somebody trying to, you know, steal your information, or or maybe it's a legitimate person that knows somebody that's trying to be your friend. I don't right. know. Right. But that's the main issue I have with social media is that we we're not being very smart about how we use it. You know, it could be a great tool. It's you know, without social media, I don't. You and I wouldn't know each other. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, I wouldn't be in Wax Factory. Mm-mm. I wouldn't know Todd O'Mara. I wouldn't know Who? Jeff Rogers. Never heard of him. I don't know that. I think his name's Todd O'Mara. Some, he's some Irish dude. I don't know. I haven't yeah. thrown him under the bus in a while. Yeah. Maybe it's time. Fuck you, Todd. <laughs> Carry on. So, yeah. So, you know, you there, there's, prick, yeah. there's great aspects of oh, social yeah. media. I, really. Well, I, and you've, I, I know you've listened to most of my shows, and it, it's the greatest, worst thing ever invented. Yeah. It really is. But what I want to talk about. Yes. Mr. Windmill. <laughs> Excuse me, windmill. Comes in swinging. Comes in swinging. You seem to have a lot of fun yeah. on a little site, or a little page, excuse me. Or is it a, would it be a page or a group? It's a group. It's a group. Okay. I think you have to join it. Yeah, you They do. were stupid enough to... You have to get... I think Ryan invited me. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan's quote That's is, like, the greatest thing I ever did was yeah. invited you to... Cover band central. He brought the fox into the hen house. <laughs> he did. Just wreaking havoc. I, I I have used Cover Band Central to promote this podcast, mm-hmm. and that's it. Because I do not have the patience to respond to those posts. No, I, I, I fucking can't. Yeah, you got to have a few a few minutes. I, I fucking can't do it. I can't read all the comments because one post will have two hundred comments in a few minutes. And every post is dumb. Every response is dumber than the one before it. You know, I was like, "You, you guys really play music in a town somewhere? You're, you what?" Now, before we rip this thing to shreds, 
I do like the site. I do or the too. group. I, I do. think it's cool. I think there's some cool dudes in there too. There's some really and some cool really dudes good musicians. In there. There's some really good there's musicians. There's some good videos, in there. some talent. But I think it, the group has something like 35,000 members. Yeah. And maybe a thousand of them are cool. Maybe. And the other 34 are idiots. Are bottom feeders, man. <laughs> They're the tilapia of, of social media. <laughs> They're eating shit, man. They're just shit eating. You know, what are you going to do with these people? You know. Now, I will promote this. Episode on podcast or on Coverband Central. You might get some attention there. I don't know, I, and I know I will because I had a guy on there. Uh, one of the episodes I posted asked me who the fuck so and so was on one of my shows, and I went, "What kind of fucking question is that? Just listen to the damn episode. Yeah. You're either oh, gonna like it or you're not." Right. But those of you that are on Coverband Central that are listening to this that Tony and I do not know personally, before we rip you to shreds, we do like the site. Yes. Or the group, excuse me. It is cool. But guys, come the fuck on yeah. with this shit. <laughs> How do I, you dress? Yeah. What What should your drummer play? What the fuck is wrong with you people? Here's, How do you play music? Or the latest one. I, bought a, I didn't buy a 150 watt tube amp, so I had to turn down so I could hear the singer. <laughs> hey man, you're doing it wrong. I hate to tell you, but you're doing it wrong. You should have bought a 250 watt tube amp. <laughs> You should go home and you should turn it on 10 and park your face in front of it. But these go to you know, 11. <laughs> this one goes to 200. You know? I, just, I bought this 150 watt tube amp and when I turn it on 10 and I stand in front of it, it makes all this squealing noise. How do we get it to stop? You know? God I love just, you. I just can't, dude. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand. And the reason I wanted to bring it up with you is because you're a genius at it. <laughs> And Joe, his name, Joe Stevens has named you the windmill. Yeah, I'm the windmill. You're the... What he's coming he swinging. Yeah, what did he say? You're the guy that goes in the mosh pit swinging your arms? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting windy in here. Yeah. He'll post pictures of windmills after one of my replies. <laughs> but I, I, the reason I want to talk about it with you, obviously because you do it, because I appreciate it. You're calling people on their bullshit. That's what I appreciate. Yeah. Well, so when Ryan first invited me into the group, I'm like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, I was the same. Cover band center. And at first, I'm thinking, too. "Hey, this is this is Louisville." And I'm like, "None of these guys are from Louisville." This this woman just posted a gig she's doing in G- New Jersey. Yeah. So my first question, I heard Jersey. Was, I was like, "Hey, um, do you do you advertise in Jersey?" And her response was, "Yes." And I said, "Have you posted this invite anywhere else but here? Not yet." Okay, you realize this is like nationwide. I'm not fucking driving to New Jersey to see your shitty cover band. What is wrong? <laughs> what is wrong with you? And she was like, "Oh, I didn't even realize that." So I'm like, "I'm trying to help you," but then everybody jumps on. And says, hey, man, what's wrong with advertising the band? That's not the point. You're missing the point. The point is, there are ways to advertise your band. Do I have to educate you on this seriously? Really? <laughs> There's a lot of people in that group that need to be educated. Yeah. So why don't you call your friend who lives three states away? And tell them to put a flyer for your band on the fucking telephone pole there. And let's see how many of those people show up to your gig three states away. You know, that's what you're doing. I mean, have you lost your mind? But they're like any any media, any any advertisement's good advertisement. No. No. No, it's not. No, not. not no, you you're, you just wasted a few minutes of your day that you could have spent doing something right. You know? <laughs> and Ryan tries to educate them, and I try to educate them, And they just, like, you know, you're just a dumbass, and you don't know, and you're mean. Okay, I'm not, I'm not in here to be mean. I am now, but I wasn't. <laughs> now it's ago, just funny. <laughs> but now I'm having fun, you know. 
Did you see the one where the guy, one of the guys replied, and his name's Tom Jones? No. All right, so it was going on. This, all right, here, here's the post. The guy says, you know, fuck you guys, you bunch of judgmental pricks. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm out of here. And I posted a, a, and I had to ask Aiden what it was, if it was a GIF or a GIF. It's a G-I-F. I don't know. It, it's the English language. It could be either. It could be either. And I posted one, and it was a crybaby. <laughs> and I got a couple of laughs. And the guy who posted it liked it. And I, was, and I was like, you know, everything okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm just getting really aggravated with this shit. Well, then Tom Jones posts something. And, and I don't remember what he posted. But my reply to him was, it's not unusual. And then I laughed out loud at myself posted that. And then another guy posts a meme right underneath it that says, I don't sing Tom Jones songs, but when I do, it's not unusual. And then we just went off. And this guy got mad as shit after a while. And I'm just like, you're 70 years old, you said, or something like that, and your name's Tom Jones, and you're getting mad now? You've had to have been hearing this shit for 60 years, you know? And and, and he's like, many motherfuckers sing the O'Reilly Auto Parts tune to me. Exactly. So it's like, anyway, don't get it. And then Nick McElwain was, was in on it. And I guess he figured, well, I'm not going to go toe-to-toe with Tony because, you know, he's, he's an asshole. And, you know, I'll just start giving Nick shit, you know. And he starts giving Nick shit. And Nick's just like, whatever, dude. I don't give a shit. Whatever. He's just, I'm just in here having fun. And he's like, don't be that guy. And I said, yeah, Nick, don't be me. <laughs> you know? So... But the, the very first post that I saw in Cover Band Central, which uh, I had to talk about it, was a guy that says, I, I, hey, uh, I went into this bar. And he's talking about promoting his band. Right. I went to this bar. I told the bar owner, uh, this is how much money I want to make. And he agreed to give me half that. And so, you know, I said, okay, first time in, I'll, I'll let you do, I'll, I'll go half. And, and he tells this long story about all the shit that they did. And they ate a nice steak dinner. And then he gets up there and they slay it. And place is packed and at the end of the night the owner says I'll give you your original price and hands me 20 crisp hundred dollar bills and I left happy man and somebody said you made two thousand dollars at a bar so I'm I'm thinking this story's total bullshit complete utter nonsense but let me take two seconds out of my day to find out what this guy's all about hit his profile oh I see he's in a band called poor man's band hit their page there's their page. There's their picture. And I'm like, so I take a picture, their picture, off their page and post it in Cover Band Center and says, this is your $2,000 band? Are you fucking serious? It's duct tape on a kick drum. Uh, and your guitar player's wearing cargo shorts and an American flag t-shirt. You guys get two grand? Uh, so he was bullshit like... Bullshit meter going off. He was like, oh... That picture was taken years ago. And I said, that picture was postmarked Tuesday. <laughs> it's, you posted it Tuesday. And he was like, well, what? And I said, well, what? no, no, no. I said, look, there's another. That same picture is in another picture with a date on the picture of last week. I said, so this picture's a week old. I said, what are you trying to do? And he was like, man, Tony, you're the kind of guy that when his friend gets a blowjob, you get all pissed off and you're, you're jealous about it. Instead of just... I remember that? this. I do remember this now. Yes, yes, well, yes, yes, yes. So it goes on for a while. I said, hey, dude, just admit that you're lying. And everybody will just walk away happy. You know, it's so, we, we won't judge you. We understand. We get it. 
you want to be successful. I wish you the best success. This is the video that you shared on YouTube of your $2,000 band, and they're terrible. And I posted the link on YouTube. Well, he pulls the, he yanks the video. Oh, of course he does. Of course he does. So I'm like, and he's some like car dealer in Arkansas or some shit. So I'm like, okay. If I got a deal for you. It just keeps going on. Finally, <laughs> I get a message from the venue. They message me. And they said, somebody screenshotted some site called Cover Band Central. And you're arguing with this guy. And he says, so I appreciate what you're doing. And here's, here's the deal. We hired his band. We paid him $600. They brought nobody. We'll never book them again. They're terrible. And we don't even serve steak. <laughs> I didn't know that part. So at that point, <laughs> at that point, I'm like, wait, right here. Yeah. So I'm back on Cover Band Central. Hey, bro, just got a message from the venue. You sure you don't want to come clean? I'm giving you the opportunity. And he posts back, hey, listen, it was just a feel-good story. I'm just trying to get, make everybody happy. A lot of people loved it. I don't know why you don't. Let's just leave it at that. And then a bunch of people were like, you know, hey, man, great job for what you do, man. $2,000. That's a great. And I was, I'm like, all right, I did what I had to do. I'm out. These rest of these idiots that think he's for real, they're, you're never going to. You're never going to educate them. No. You know. No. And then part of me thinks, why are we trying to educate these people? They could be competition one day. You know? I would rather go up against them. It's like the contest, the singing contest, the voice, and, and American Idol, and you're, you're trying to strategize. You know, I'm, I hope this guy makes it to the end, because I'm going to beat his ass in the finals. Kind right. Of thing, you know? But, and the ones that say, you know, I want to I want to compete against the best. Bullshit. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want to yeah. win. Yeah. Or you wouldn't be in a contest. Right. You know? And if you don't want to win, what the fuck are you doing in a contest? True. So yeah, so that, that was sandwiches. Yeah, divinity exposure. <laughs> divinity exposure. But I'm like, you know, Cover Band Central has become that because that's how it started. And I'm like, this guy is total bullshit, you know. And then, and then it's a lot more of that, you know. And then a whole lot of it was like, here's my band from last weekend. Give me your feedback. Oh yeah, and I I'm don't... like, I'm like, uh, really. You're not going to get good feedback, even if you're good. Nope. Somebody's going to be an asshole. Absolutely. You know, and I'm just telling you that for your own good. And they're like, well, you're the asshole. It's like, no, no, no. I didn't say anything about your band. I'm just telling you shit. I'm just calling in on your bullshit. Uh, I don't do this on the show very often. There are 46,000 members in Cover Band Central. Mm. Because you cannot see it. I am actually looking at the page right now. First, <laughs> it's gold. Jesus Christ! Uh, first post: Thou shalt not play a kick drum note without a bass guitar note. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I read that one. How many comments? Eighty-seven. That's all. That's it. I figured I'd have a thousand by now. I will tell you from a drummer's perspective: whoever this guy is can go fuck himself. Yeah. How do you... All right, let's... Argue with me on this. Have you heard the... Keep your hands to yourself? How's the song start? <laughs> you know? Yep. Have you heard the... I am Iron Man? <laughs> 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 you know? Come on. <laughs> Why do the musos at the local open mic night get annoyed when I inform them that playing my guitar and singing qualifies as being a multi-instrumentalist? Oh, God. 
<laughs> He's playing a guitar. <laughs> I can't with this shit. What about the? What about the? I saw one of the dudes who's like from the Philippines or something, and he's he's got a kick drum, a little uh, toy drum kit that's strapped to his back, and right. it's got these levers on it with the sticks and everything. And he plays some song in his native language, and he kills it. He's he's moving around and it's playing the drums and he's playing the guitar, and I'm like, <laughs> that guy's a multi instrumentalist. That dude's a guy. Yeah, that dude's got it. <clears throat> uh, let's let's do one more. So uh, just. For the hell of it, you'll probably you'll probably find one that says, uh, you know, how much should I charge? Or, or oh yeah, or, I see those. If all I the book time. the band, if I book the band and do all the work and get all the contracts signed and all that, should I take an extra percentage off the top? And yes, and everybody's like equal pay, and I'm like <laughs> equal pay for equal work. How's that? You know? Yeah, no, I, I I've done the shit. contracts. I've booked the band. I've dealt with the client. I've dealt with the bar owner. I've I have stories about. Mo from New Directions, which I will say openly, and that guy I almost lost my mind over that dude. You know, so yes, I, I will gladly let somebody take a percentage of the cut off the top to do all that freaking work, so I don't have to. Thank you. <laughs> no, I... I'll show up. I'll, I promise not to show up one minute before the gig's supposed to start. Put my guitar on, bitch about the monitor mix, and then cause us to be late. I will promise not to be that guy. Yeah, no, I, it's I, I put my phone down. There was just too much to choose from. I was oh, my yeah, ADD yeah. was kicking in. I, I just I don't understand, and why I wanted to bring it up with you because I find it interesting. Actually, I find it fascinating. I don't understand how people can enter into adulthood doing anything. I don't give a shit if it's playing music, fixing cars, being an IT person. How can you enter into adulthood and be that fucking stupid? Man. I don't get it. Well, here, here's another. And thing. I'm not saying I'm a genius. No, no, no. I, 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 as I was driving here today, I'm passing. All right, so like you know, you, I like to drive fast because everybody knows I'm an asshole. And what <laughs> <laughs> being an asshole? You gotta drive fast, man. It is what it is. And as I'm weaving through traffic, like, come on, people, seriously, <laughs> shit, you know. And I'm thinking every time, every slow person I pass, I'm thinking that guy's got to be dumb. <laughs> Because he is so freaked out right now to operate this car, that he's got he's got to be thinking I'm gonna die because he's so stupid he can't figure out you know left foot right foot which one goes on the gas both wheels on the steering wheel you know he's got the radio going or the ones that are flying down the highway seventy miles an hour and they got their cell phone out and they're they're on the internet you know or texting somebody because their shit's so fucking important that they gotta like almost kill everybody. Oh, the one I saw before you finish that thought. Straight the fuck up. About a week ago, I saw a dude on a motorcycle riding. He wasn't sitting at a stoplight. Riding his motorcycle on his phone. Oh, yeah. Texting. That's genius. And he's fucking kidding me. These are the people all around you. As you in, as you navigate through life and your personal bubble space, you're up against these people constantly. Yep. And they're also on the internet. So that's how they... I don't know how any people... Anybody gets through life at all you know i mean i've well, i've gone to kroger before gone to the u-scan which you know genius move on their part let's let them let's let them scan their own shit and bag it themselves and get the fuck out of my store you know and and and, and i'd go through that line because i don't feel like waiting on something i don't i don't necessarily need her to touch on my shit before it goes in the bag the girl working there or the dude and i don't want them to look at what i bought you know i went to meyer one time and i'm like the girl's asking me about everything i bought does this taste good no, it tastes like dog shit. That's why I bought it. You know, I've never had these before. How do you eat them? Well, you unhinge your jaw and you stick the whole bag in. You know, 
what do you want me to say to this? What could possibly be my reply to this? You just there's directions on the bag. There are directions on the they bag. They tell you how to cook it. And it says microwaves in one minute. And it also says serving suggestion. You could, like, mix it with shit. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, even a can of soup has got ideas. You know, you buy a can of broccoli cheese soup, and it's got some ideas about how you can make some more broccoli cheese soup with that shit. You don't necessarily heat it and eat it, but if that's what you want to do, it's in the can. And there's directions on how to do it, you know? And, and I'm like, you know, I've seen them struggling, like, to scan shit. You know, and one guy's got one thing in his hand that he's already scanned and he hadn't put it in the bag yet. He's already picked up the other thing. He's getting ready to scan it. And the thing says, put that first shit in the bag before you scan that next shit. That's what it ought to say. You're, you're finna get kicked out of the store, you know. And and he's he's looking and he's like, you know, puts the wrong one in the bag. And then the lady, I, and I'm like, hey, dude, you know, that, that cart's going to stop now because they got those things on the wheels that'll stop it. And yeah. you're going to look like an idiot. And you take it. It's telling you to take that thing back out of the bag. And put it back over here and put the thing in your left hand in the bag. And then scan that right hand. And it, and he's like, oh, I got it. We're good now. It's all clear to me now. You know, I was like, oh, I want to be driving on the road with you in a few minutes. I'm just going to stay here for a while. I'm going to hang out here. I'm going to go to, where's the magazine section? Yeah. I got to go find something to eat. Go have a coffee somewhere, you know. Coffee? Yes. What? Yeah, exactly. Right. So anyway, you were thinking when you were driving here. Yeah, that we're surrounded by morons. Oh, absolutely. And they're those are the same morons that are on the internet, and they're sharing your personal internet space, and you're navigating through Cover Band Central. Hey, man, <laughs> all the guys on Cover Band Central, if if you think you're an idiot, you might be the one. If you don't think you're an idiot, then good for you, because you shouldn't, because you probably got a little bit more brain cells than the guy who's like, I wonder if he's talking about me. Yes, I probably am. The one that thinks I'm talking about the other guy, I like you. <laughs> We're in this together, buddy. You and me. We're gonna go. We're gonna take over the world here. There, there's a guy. There's a guy that I know. I don't want to throw him under the bus because he isn't. He is literally. It's the first one. (laughs) He's literally an innocent bystander. We're not really friends. We're acquaintances. But I have to deal with him on a regular basis. That's all I'm gonna say. He's 41. Okay. Every time I see him, he's either talking to me, or somebody else or a multitude of people about dating. Hmm. You're 40 and you haven't fucking figured this out by now. Was he asking for advice? Oh, you name it. Dating advice, sexual advice, oh, love advice. Oh, when is it too soon to say I love you? How fucking old are you? The well, you don't need to ask anybody that. It's Google. Fuck you. <laughs> you can search that shit in the comfort of your own home and probably find a porn site in the process. True. You but know? you get my point. And I'm there's just, your afternoon. <laughs> yeah. But you get my point. I'm going, how are you? Yeah. How, How'd you make it this far? How did you get this far in life? Yeah. And you don't know that. I'm not, again, self thrower under busser person right here. I'm not saying I'm a genius, but take five seconds and fucking think about something. I don't under, that yeah. drives me well, batshit. I I, I, de- I I deal with that a lot. I, t- I talk to people about that a lot. It's the whole. It's the dumbing down. The the pl- play to the lowest common denominator mm-hmm. factor that we always do. I had somebody ask me. I used to work for the school system here, and I had somebody ask me one time. We know what you guys are doing for the for the underprivileged kids and for the kids who need help. What are you doing for the really smart kids that don't need any help? Because you can't just say, well, they'll be fine. That's not fair to them. 
They need programs to challenge them further. If you're challenging the ones that need to be challenged, that you need to challenge all of them. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's because we try to black box everything. We try to compartmentalize everything. <laughs> Everybody tries to do that to put it in their own little comfort zone. And right. The things they recognize, you know. Uh, that's why Mac users tend to use Mac. That's why I still own an iPhone and not an Android, you know, even though I have a, a I graduated to a Galaxy tab, you know, so I at least I, I try to have both. You know, people used to say, what well, are you, a Windows guy or are you a, a, a Mac guy? And I'm like, you know, yes, I own one of each and I own a Linux box because I have to because if somebody asks me about a certain technology at some point down the road and I want a job that pays more money, it help, it's helpful to know this kind of thing. But I'm not one of these Linux nerds that, you know, and I hate to say that because some of, some of them really are nerds, though. Um, hey, I'm a but, drum nerd. Yeah, I mean, I'm a guitar nerd so and, and an IT nerd. But it's just one of those things where there's nothing wrong with learning everything, but people try to compartmentalize and black box everything instead of critically think about each situation. Oh, for it's sure. fine to draw from previous experiences. You know, Absolutely. When I see this situation happen in the past, I did this. May not work this time, but I'm thinking about it. Right. And you got to think quick. You got to make, you know, quick decisions and other people are just like, why can't somebody just figure this shit out for me so I don't have to deal with it at all, you know? And that's what we that's that's kind of what we deal with as a society for the most part, you know. And and that's not a political statement. No, and that's no, not no, a that's, religious that's, statement or anything. I else. call that a matter of observation because it is. But it's true. Look that's around. What, that's why politicians get away with what they get away with. That's why religions get away with what they get away with because people need that. Some people need somebody to tell them what to do. This is what I want. You, the Catholic Church, being a Catholic, you don't have to know shit. We're going to tell you everything to say. As soon as you walk in the door to the time you leave, you just have to repeat what we say. It's all good. We got you. You know, we're thinking about you. You know, that's that's how they. You know, that's an easy way to get membership. You know, hey, come to the church. You know, you got to stand up, kneel down, sit down, some shit. You know, up, down, up, down. You know, but we're gonna. You just repeat after me. You know, all right, got gotcha. you. This is easy. You know, so I like easy. Yeah, it was good. You know, and I'm not saying all Catholics are dumb, because that would mean that I would be dumb, even though I don't go to church anymore. Um, my dad asked me one time why I stopped going to church, and I was like, "Just, I pretty much learned everything they're going to teach me. I now have to apply it, <laughs> and I have to make the decision whether or not I want to apply it." But you know, every every Advent season, it's the same. The, there's only one Bible. True. You know, I, I, yeah, I could I could go to church and hear different perspectives, and that's fine. I just. I'm not into it anymore at this point. You know, I'm into other things now. So, hey, am I a bad person? Do I lead a bad life? You're have fucking I di- horrible, Have I Tony. disappointed you? You know, and my dad's horrible. like, dad's like, do what the fuck you want, man. You're an adult. <laughs> I just asked you. God damn, you're just going into this whole, question. you know, just ask you that question, you dipshit. <laughs> you're going you through know. a diatribe. <laughs> I, you know, I asked you what time it was. You're telling me how to build a goddamn clock, you know. So. <laughs> God, I love you. You make me happy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ <sighs> so let's move on to what's the next section I don't even fucking know it's my oh, own damn show it's your oh, show man stories from the stage stories from the stage <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I don't even know where to begin so here's the deal you know I'm not I, I never toured or anything you know I've, I've never been on some tour like, like you 
Hey kids, I'm going to go outside and smoke. Tony's just going to talk. <laughs> I'm out. See you later. <laughs> See the red button over there? Just hit that when I'll you're hit done. That when I'm done. <laughs> so this one time at band camp, yeah. I, I did was do never, that with a flute. <laughs> I was never in band camp. We didn't have a. I went to a poor schools. Remember, we couldn't afford instruments. We would have been the band. We would have been the marching band with kazoos. <laughs> And none of us could sing. We'd have to bring our own kazoo. We don't look like a bunch of idiots out there walking in circles. Okay, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of thought about this one, too, because I don't really know. There's there's a there's a couple. I could... Some self-deprecating, some not. But I, Listen, I, I we've all done a bunch of shows, and every musician I've had on here... I shouldn't say every. Most of them have struggled with this one. I always tell them the same thing. Pick one or two that just that are in the front of your head that yeah. stick out like a fucking light bulb. Well, there's I, so somebody asked me one time, uh, "Hey man, how come you don't drink when you play?" And I was like, "Well, I do occasionally, but not a lot." Well, why not? Because of this. <laughs> this is the first story. So it was. It was. Uh, I was in rough draft. <laughs> So I talked about them. Uh, that was the band I was at in college. That's the band that we started off as a wedding band and right. moved to a bar band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't very yeah. hard. Yeah. We had Good the job. best of intentions. Good job. Way to go. And, uh, yeah, full circle. Yeah. And so... Uh, I have the world in the palm of my hand, but I don't want it. You can have it back. Yeah, you can have it back because I, I want to be cool. <laughs> I want to be cool and poor instead of successful. And Although I wasn't going to do this for a living. Yeah. My very first... My dad came out to see us at TK's one time when I was in this band. Right. And, it, and, and that later that night, and it was funny. It was so out of place. My mom and dad, they were looking around like, the fuck is this? You know. And <laughs> I get home and I said, what'd you think? And he was like, don't quit your day job. And I was like, well, we were that bad? He goes, no, no I'm just telling you, don't quit your day He goes, listen, is that is that what you want to do for a living? I said, I don't know, maybe. He goes, with that group of guys? Is, is that it, you know? And I said, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And he was like, because, you know, you guys are having fun, and you could tell you're having fun. Right. He goes, but are you being the best musician you can be in that band? And I was like, well, no. And he was like, don't quit your day job. <laughs> he goes, because those guys are having fun, and they're not doing this for a living. And I was like, damn. He didn't tell me I sucked. He told me reality, you know? Yep. My dad was always a realist, and, and I, you know, we'd argue over the glasses. I'm a I'm little bit more pessimistic realist. So my, my, you know, the glass is half full. The glass is half empty. My dad goes, "You two are arguing over a glass of piss." <laughs> you realize that, right? And I always draw from that because he was a realist. He's like, "This, uh, neither one of those things matter," you know. But, the glass with some fucking water in it. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I'm playing in this band, and we're playing at the at Yogi's, which I talked about. That's the mm-hmm. Murph mm-hmm. thing we did, even though this was a paying gig later. And uh, this girl shows up. Who was a friend of ours? Always involve a girl, and there she's. uh, She got a new job, and she's happy, 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 happy. And it's shots. You guys want shots? Well, what are you getting? You know. And then I had a friend from college also there with a couple other friends, and they're like, "Oh, they're buying shots for the band. We go buy shots for the band." So now everybody's just buying shots, and there's just shot after shot. There's every shot you can think of. They were making shit up and. What the hell is this? They got liquor in it, pour it in a cup. It was like, you know, this is a rattlesnake. What the hell's it got in it? Oh, it's kind of good. Can I have 12 more? You know? And my dumbass is like, you know, I'm drinking everything, you know? And keep in mind, this is in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, when 
many bars in town in Louisville would give the band free beer mm. by the pitcher. So I'm drinking beer out of the pitcher, you know, as hard as I can. Most people have like three bottles of beer. I got three empty pitchers. <laughs> on my amp. You know, I'm just putting it away. And so at this point, it's halfway through the gig and I'm hammered. I mean, I'm sure drool's coming out of my mouth and shit. I'm almost non-functioning at this You're point. You're smammered. And, uh, and I, at one point, I'm playing, and I don't even know what song we're doing. I think we were doing, like, a Wild Thing or something. Right. You know? And the band's going, hey. And I'm like, hey. And they're like, no, hey. And I'm like, hey. And he's like, you know, hey. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kicking ass. And then the song's over, and I realize I played that whole song in G. <laughs> The rest of the band was playing it in A. <coughs> they were trying to tell you the chord. They were telling me the key, key and, and I'm playing were... it around. I'm just fucking, yeah, wild thing. <laughs> and I'm singing, you know, you make my meat swing. You know, I'm just like making up lyrics at that point. And, uh, you make my meat yeah. swing. And it just went downhill from there. And so a friend of mine that I had gone to high school with <coughs> had shown up to the gig with a four track recorder. And he had tapped into the board and he recorded this debacle. And he calls me up and he goes, hey, man, I got the recording from last night. You want to hear it? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll come over. You know, I went over to his house and I was horrified. I was just horrified. I'm like, oh, my, this has to be destroyed immediately. Are there any other copies of this? So then the drummer calls a meeting before the gig. We all meet over at the bass player's house. And he's like, if you motherfuckers ever pull a shit like that again, I swear to God, I'll fire every one of you. I mean, he was the only one that didn't get hammered drunk. Right. Know? We were all like, you know, oh, yes, yes, you're 100% right. So we go to the gig. I'm sober. We're all, none of, we're all drinking water. We're all pretty hungover anyway. We're all drinking water. And we play the first set, and I look out, and I see a friend of mine who's, unfortunately, he's passed away, Chris Rogers. A lot of people know him. He worked at Dixie Music, and, you know, all the guys that worked at Dixie know Chris and everything. And I used to go into Dixie Music, and, and he would always hand me a guitar and sit down and say, show me something new. Right. And he and I would show each other something new. You know, it was great. And so I see him. I was like, well, what the hell is he doing here? He never comes out and sees me play, you know? So we finish the set, and I go, hey, what's up? You know, I'm talking to him. And he goes, yeah, man, he said, want to come by. We're going to see a late movie at Showcase, which is a Costco now on Barstown Road. Uh, we're going to see a late movie or whatever. I thought we'd whip in real quick and see your first set, you know? And he said, man, you guys sound really good. Said, oh, thanks. He goes, well, I got to tell you. <laughs> Part of the reason why I'm here is because somebody came into the shop today and said, you guys have got to go see Tony Clark's band. They're the worst band in the history of bands. Oh, They had been there Friday night, and they had watched this. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and apparently at one point, somebody said, you guys know Jukebox Hero. And I, by myself, was trying to play it. And the band was looking at me like, what the fuck's he doing? And I don't remember. I don't remember Ooh, any of this. Wee. I don't remember. So at that point, I'm like, all right. No more alcohol ever for me ever. So I'll do. So we were playing, you know, Wax Factory was playing at the uh, Gersels, and one of Jessica's friends was like, "You want a shot of bourbon or something?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he brings me back this giant glass of bourbon. <laughs> and I'm like, "Whoa, what the hell is this?" And you know, and Jessica's like, "Don't get him drunk. <laughs> bad things happen." You know, bad things happen to Tony so, when because I told him that story. So you know, I. And, and at one point, I'm thinking, I'm fine. You know, I just had a shot of bourbon. I'm good, you know, and I hardly ever drink. And I look down, and I, I drop my guitar pick, and I go to pick it up, and I realize, oh, my depth perception is off. I don't know where the floor is. <laughs> so Ryan goes, you okay? I said, I'm fine. And I'm just thinking, maintain. You'll get through this. And one song into it, I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm back, you know. But one, the first song is like, I'm not sure if I can 
do this, you know. So I'm real leery about that because that just haunts me that. I hate I you know I'm I'm insecure so I don't like to suck you know no I get and, it especially when it's self induced no I so. get it I get it that's there's many reasons I don't drink but the biggest reason I don't drink on stage is I, when I was a kid I used to sneak into all these rock clubs in Charlotte mm-hmm. I saw fucking everybody I was smart enough or dumb enough depending on your perspective to make friends with people that could get me in. And I would go see all these bands from the I saw Kicks, I saw Ingve, I saw Warren, I saw wow. Slamming Gladys, I saw Winger, I saw all these fucking bands back in the day. And I would see all the openers that would eventually go on to form other bands and be bigger bands and mm-hmm. I can't remember all of them, but the point I'm getting at is they would be fucking hammered and sound like shit. And I'm thinking in my I remember I remember clearly going, I'm in this club legally. I could get in a lot of trouble, my friends could get in a lot of trouble, and you motherfuckers are sucking. I will never do that. And then, fast forward, once I started doing all my flashy bullshit, can you imagine me trying that drunk? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. I'd and, kill and my fucking self. everywhere, yeah. Ugh, yeah. it'd be awful. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll, you know, I'll drink a little bit, you know, and it's, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta know when to stop. And that's, oh, yeah. that's hard for a lot of people because I, I know some musicians that are recovering and, you know, my brother had a bit of a drinking problem. So, he, oh, he was functional. He was functional. And I'm admitting it, you know, I'm saying it now because, you know, he's, you know, rest in peace. But but he did. And he'd be the first to admit, you know, he, he used to tell me all the time, I'm a functioning alcoholic. I'm a high functioning alcoholic. I can do a lot of shit drunk. <laughs> you know? And uh, so, you know, but he, God love him, you know, it's, he he drank a lot, you know. And, and I, I didn't know that. I didn't. And, you know, I had uncles, that, you know, that, that had drinking problems and whatnot. And, you know. So I never, I always thought about that in the back of my mind. I don't want this to be a problem, or right? Whatever, you know, but I, I love bourbon. I love my bourbon. I'll drink bourbon anytime. You That's know. why you and Todd get along. I love bourbon, and Todd and I like a lot of the same. We've actually strolled the lanes of Total Wine together, like a couple of school kids at the chocolate factory. Oh my goodness, look at the bourbon! You know, we're just. We've once. That's that's. He brought me back a, a, stop, what, a twelve just, pack of Yingling no, just, or something before you stop, could get it. Just, and stop. We were just, walking up and down the aisles of Total Wine in Heaven. You know? <laughs> this is like, you know. Please tell me you were holding hands. I would. That would be awesome if we did. <laughs> I, Todd, if when you hear this, we call me up and we'll go to Total Wine and hold hands, and somebody has to film it, and we'll buy a suburban. I'm going because I will film that shit. Yes, because that was that would that would be fun. <laughs> Todd. You're challenged, buddy. Yes. So. <laughs> oh fuck. So yeah. So that's you know, that's my. I mean, I could talk about when uh, I almost killed my Rudy and me, and when we were dating, I wrecked her car on the way back from Lexington, and she made me get in the back seat and drive home the rest of the way in her wrecked car, and she called me everything but a white man on the way home. I was so defeated, but I fixed her car, and she still married me. Uh, sorry. You know, maybe she's not so smart. You know, maybe she's got some judgment issues. I don't know. You better stop because you have to sleep with her. I'm not yeah. editing that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> When's that boy of mine out of the house? He has radar. You know, I don't know. All, all kids must. You know, he'd be down in the basement. You know, and and on his video games with headphones on. And I'm like, you know, hey, he's downstairs. Mm-hmm. And then two seconds later, he's. What are y'all doing in there? Why's the door shut? Why's the door locked? You know, like, what do you got a light on down there that says when we're going to get intimate? You should, between between him and the dog, you know. It's like, what are we going to do? You know. So Stacy's going to get mad at me, but I don't care. 
<laughs> when Ashley lived with us, she <laughs> we had like a twenty minute window. Ashley fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> we go in the bedroom, shut the door, and lock it. <laughs> and the rule was, if our bedroom door is shut, don't knock on it. Whatever happens after that, you're on your own. Yeah. That was Stacy's warning to Ashley because you know me. I don't know how to not run this hole in my face. <laughs> so she's asleep. And I was like, man, same thing. Hey, come on. She's asleep. Let's go. Go in there and shut the door. And now, two minutes later, yep. what are y'all doing? I got to show you the cat's paw. What are y'all doing? And I, I, Stacy starts giggling and I, I said, I can't take it. And I said, I'm about to fuck your mom. That's what I'm oh. doing. <laughs> See, I'm sure there's the gonna knocking be, stopped. I'm sure there's going to be some therapy in my son's future anyway, but I don't want to. I don't want to add that much. Oh, to his. I, it, I, it, it was that. It was. Oh, come on, dude. I gave you the rule. We told you what. No, yeah, yeah. Don't knock on the door if it's closed. We, we never made the rule, but then you know, I would. I'd have to go out and sit in the same room with him, and he'd be looking at me with that look like I know. <laughs> and I'd be like, it's kind of uncomfortable now, and he's I know, you know. He's, I know what you do. He likes there. to mess with me as much as she does. We all like to mess with each other. Oh, it's, you guys are great together. We we used to, I used to put like tape, you know, the packing tape. Mm-hmm. I would I would tape the door up right at face level. And then, hey, Aiden, come in here. I need to show you something. He go running. <laughs> face tape full of, So, I mean. So he was tape face before I, tape face was yeah, tape face. Yeah, so I tape face the hell out of that kid. And he was like always trying to pay me back. And I'd always, nope, I see it. And he's, oh. So one time. <laughs> And and this was years ago, and he didn't even he didn't even try. So this was what's so great about it. I come out of the closet. I'd gone into the the walk-in closet for something. And you when totally I, just said I, I know, come I out, came of, out the of the closet. closet. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. It's on podcast now. <laughs> you hear that, Cover Band Central? <laughs> You've got ammo. Yeah, you got dirt. <laughs> so I come out of the walk-in closet, and he he is on the other side of, with this armoire there, and he come he's hiding behind it. He's got this like toy gun, and he comes out and fires the toy gun and yells some, you know, sounds like Arabic or something, you know, I don't know what the hell it was. And I literally, literally. I almost like soiled myself. I screamed. <laughs> and I, I remember hearing a girl scream. And then I realized that was, was me you. screaming like a girl, like high pitched, like, like, oh, I didn't know I could hit that note. You know, I got to tap into that for future. Um, Note and to I self did. after I clean up. I need to work on that. No, yeah, work on that scream because that was pretty good. And I did. I screamed, and and he kind of. And, he, yeah. and he's like, "I got him." And it took him a few minutes. I got, I got him. And he runs out of there. I got him. I got him. My life is complete. I finally got him. You know. So yeah, that's got awesome. That. All right, so let's move on to what are you listening to? All right, well. Really. Motherfuckers listen to my show. You, you know there's music coming and you still start talking. Yeah, you gotta edit it. Oh no. Cause no, I'm no, no. Well, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> as long as you do that face yeah. again, I'm definitely not editing it. So I have to look at my phone. Well, alright, so I will admit. Alright, I, I am. I am So doing acoustic shows with Jessica mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Before we got insanely busy with everything else, uh, all the other stuff we're doing. Um, there was this quest for finding songs that we could do together, right? You know, and I wanted—I didn't want her to be saddled with all the vocal stuff. I thought I need, I need to sing some more. I, I sing like you know what, 
three tunes, four tunes all night. So, I'm, of course, now they got me singing uh, the Grease, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I forgot about that. Which is fine, but it's a little out of my range. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm trying. I, I'm pretty in depth, in tune. And I was going to say in depth, wrong word. I'm pretty in tune, the wrong word, too. I know when something's out of tune. I don't know how to fix it. But I know when it's out of tune. I, I don't have to guess and go, is that right yeah. or is that wrong? Like, I immediately know. I yeah. don't know how to fix it, but I know. And when I saw you guys, I don't remember because we saw you two nights in a row when my dad was here. So I don't remember if it was at the Paddocks or at Blind Squirrel. But when you sang it, you killed it. Oh, man, I don't know. Well, okay. I thought you did. I, I, it's just a little, ever so slight out of my range in parts. And I have to go falsetto and everything. So it's it's a control thing that I'm still learning. Right. You know, when, when Chris Stapleton does that crazy run in Tennessee whiskey that I can't do because he's such a genius badass. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's Chris fucking Stapleton. And I don't feel bad because he's, he's Chris, Chris Stapleton. fucking Stapleton. You know what I mean? So, but, I think you know, he's a monster. So I listen to a lot of, I listen to a lot of pop stuff that I normally wouldn't listen to and I found this guy named Sean Mendez. I don't know if you know who he is. I know he is, yep. And there's nothing holding me back. A great tune. Yeah. And then right after that, and I, I needed to look it up because I haven't looked it up yet, but there's a song right after that on his album called Ruin. Mm-hmm. And I, it sounds like John. It sounds like if John Mayer had a good voice, and I say that because I don't really like John Mayer's voice, and I don't like to watch him sing because he makes really weird faces when he sings. Yeah, great guitar player, and I like his songs. But this sounds like if John Mayer had a great singing voice, and he was you know a young kid. That's right. what it reminds me of. And maybe I'll find out that John Mayer wrote this tune. I don't know. But it sure sounds like he did. Because oh, John like, Mayer's a fucking monster, too. It, it's like one of the better songs. So anyway, I'm listening to that, and uh, I'm listening to everything from that to the original Blackberry Smoke. Uh, the What is it? Uh, one Horse Town, I think is the name of it. I'm looking off in the distance. Nobody can see me because I'm trying to remember. That rings a bell. I think that's right. That yeah. sounds right. And I just, that's that Roots Rock kind of thing yeah and I kind of like that and there's so that prompted me to listen to a guy named Will Hogue who has a song called him, My yep. Greatest what is it My Favorite Mistake or something mm-hmm. or My Favorite whatever I have to think of the song but anyway it's that kind of stuff I like I mean it's uh, that guitar oriented borderline singer songwriter pop yeah, stuff yeah yeah and of course I you know listen to Chris Stapleton and and, and honestly um, Carl Stuck does a thing never heard on, of him yeah he, he's some crazy great singer good songwriter <laughs> guitar player guy that uh i'd love me some carl yeah so uh and that was fun. the first time i was asked to fill in for him for full contact karaoke i'm like mm-hmm. no what no well he doesn't really sing you know uh, yeah he does no 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 he 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 plays the guitar parts because it's karaoke and i'm like what if nobody shows up somebody has to sing and True. and oh, you can do it. No, I've seen Carl. I've been at the exchange eating a sandwich, watching him sing, thinking, oh, "No, uh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going even going to try." I mean, you know. And I asked him uh, one time. I reached out to him and said, "Would you be interested in joining Headcase?" When I was looking for a singer, and he and he tells me, "Oh, I don't think." It, in a nice way, he was a very nice, gracious no. But it was like, "Oh, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I'm good enough for that." I'm like, "Bullshit." <laughs> But thank you for not saying fuck you no. So, but uh, he posts uh, stuff on Facebook all the time about new music discoveries. And yeah. I'll usually hit that and go look for it. Yeah, I he's got doing the, the 52 weeks of music. Yeah. So I got the Apple Music uh, family plan and, and I'll go out and just download stuff. And 
hope that the, whoever the artists are are getting paid for me using that service. And unlike Spotify and some of the others where they don't make, right, you know, yeah. they, my song was downloaded 100,000 times and I made 52 cents. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Do you see, uh, I don't remember if I posted it or texted it to somebody because my memory sucks, but uh, there was a thing that Peter Frampton put on Twitter. About Maybe that's two what weeks I was ago, referencing. Was that? Yeah, he hit uh, Baby I Love You Way. 15 million yeah. streams. He made $1,700. Oh, that's the. That's 15 awful. million streams. Mm. $1,700. He nice. went to the government. He took members of ASCAP and BMI and they went to the government. And uh, I don't remember exactly what his post, his tweet said, but basically he said, their jaws hit the floor and said, will you repeat that? Now, I don't know what happened since. Oh, it'd be nice if something positive happened. But, yeah. you know, speaking of Frampton, so, you know, I, I, was, I was a Frampton fan. You know, I still am. And um, I remember my sister, who's 10 years older than me, always had these albums. She right. had, like, you know, the Eagles. and But she had bread. And, and I remember, like, the first time I'd ever heard, like, you know, Build Me Up Buttercup and all these other, you know, pop songs that right. a, girl, a teeny bopper girl would listen to in the 70s. And then I'm, I'm looking at her albums and, you know, a bunch of that stuff. And then I find this Frampton Comes Alive. Who's this guy? Right. You know, so I put it on and I'm like, you know, oh, that's pretty good. And then I get to, you know, all these other tunes and, and the talk box and stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, what the mind blown. What is that? Yeah. And I tell, and I, I snagged it. I stole it. You know, that was my <laughs> album now. And, uh, Sorry about you your know, looks. Do yes. you feel like we do? And I'm like, what's he saying? You know, <laughs> and, and. I listened to the hell out of that, and then I'm telling a buddy of mine about it, and he was like, "Oh, I got an album, but my brother get, let me listen to. Man, you need to check it out. I'll, I'll bring it over to the house." And he rides his bicycle back over to the house because we're, we're kids, and and he hands me Van Halen one, uh, and I look at the back, and I'm like, "Who's the dude in the spandex?" You know, right? And I'm not thinking much of it, and I take it in and listen to it, and we listen to Running with the Devil, and I'm like, "Oh wow, that's good. That's really good. I, I you know. I think I could play that." Yeah, I got that solo. I think I can play that solo right now, you know, and then Eruption. While I'm sitting there bragging about how I can play the solo to run with the devil, Eruption comes on. And I'm like, huh, what? Wait. <laughs> so I wore that out. It's not even my record going back because, you know, you had to lift the needle up. <clears throat> yeah. You know, because I'm an old dude. And I'm Put the like, needle on the record. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know? And then somebody said, hey, have you heard of Ozzy Osbourne? There's an album that he's got, you know, and I was like, Blizzard of Oz or whatever, and I'm listening to it. And I'm like, and my mom comes in the room at one point, and she, Diary of a Madman was on one of right. the albums that I got. And it's, you know, oh, oh. And she comes in, she goes, turn that devil music off right now. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh, I'm listening to all kinds of shit like this now. Yeah, it's this, over. This is what the cool kids do. They listen to shit. They piss their parents off. Oh, yeah. Because up to this point, my dad's been like, oh, I don't give a shit what you listen to. That's great. You know, that guy's pretty good on the guitar, you know. So I finally found something they hated, you know. But, uh, <laughs> you were in. I was in, you know. But yeah, the, the Frampton Comes Alive, you know. I listen to that. I listen to that song a million times, you know. So. Yeah. But it's it's pretty sad when you... When you realize the state of the industry now, well, yeah, and all the what about all the blues guys back in the day that got no money at all, and they wrote Core songs Masters. that you can hear in every fucking rock tune today. You know, Led Zeppelin's first album was a bunch of blues songs. That oh yeah, maybe some of those guys didn't get paid for. You know, it, yeah, it's nuts. Or the guys that sell the rights to their song for hundreds of dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> hundreds of dollars. <laughs> At the time, it's like $300 for your song. Hell yeah. And the dude that's got the song, 
has made, made 70000 the first time he got a royalty check. And I'm yep. like, what? You know. No, so. it's... It's a shitty industry. It always has, business side. It's a business shitty side. Inju- yes, industry. It, it always has been, and it's. It's. I don't. I don't even call it an industry anymore. You're either lucky or you're not. But you know, not to go back and repeat anything from social media issues, but you know, YouTube has given that vehicle for people to be discovered. Even the yodeling at Walmart kid, his was on the country music award show mm-hmm. or whatever it was yep. the other day. Of course, I don't know what the kid's name is because he's the Walmart yodeling the, kid. I don't even know who the fuck you're talking about. Oh, my son was like, not this kid. I was like, what are you talking about? And then he shows me the video. I have never seen it. And sure enough, he's yodeling uh, Hank Williams' uh, Lovesick Blues in a Walmart. And somebody filmed it and he's gotten famous now. You know, so there's, and then I, who was it? To, Go viral. <laughs> I can't, uh, Ingrid Michaelson? You know who she is? Mm-mm. She's a singer-songwriter. She's great. And uh, she put out her first album on her own. Just, you know, social media caught on. and Right. You know. No, it's... Well, and again, that goes back to what I said. It's the greatest, worst thing ever invented. Because you can... If you use it the right way, there's many more opportunities than there ever has been. Yeah. And I was just having a conversation the other day about this. The problem with that is... A guy like me... And I'm not crying it's a fact i'm 43 i'm i play drums kind of weird kids in are 17 18 19 they don't give a fuck about me and it's okay i've accepted it i'm cool with it but that's the that's the catch 22 yes it's easier now than it ever has been to quote get discovered and have people see your shit the problem is where's the fucking demographic yeah uh, yeah because if you're not 20 yeah you're not reaching the 15 16 17 year olds 20, yeah. 15, 16, 17 year olds don't give a fuck about a dude like me that can quote spin his sticks and no, hit that's, hard. That's Nobody true. fucking cares about that shit. No, every time we play Gersels at the end of the night when the place is packed at uh, you know one in the morning or whatever, They're, and what twenty one to twenty three? Yeah, and they were there. They were not there to see us, but they when they came into the room at 12 o'clock or whatever, they're like, oh, yeah, I like these guys. Let's stick around, which is great for us. It makes yeah. us happy, and I love playing there for that reason. But they, you know, they, at the same time, I know half of them out there, if not more, are, are like, when, are the, when is that old fuck getting off the stage so I can get on the stage and dance? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Same way with Baxter's. When we play Baxter's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Baxter's yeah, is that's the same, same way. When is that old guy going to get off the stage? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm staying on here as long as I can. Because I know you went up here. <laughs> and I've actually had girls. Now, back in the day, you know, and Rudy knows this because she almost kicked the shit out of a girl that was flashing her boobs at me at uh, at, at Butcherdown Pub one night. Uh, she was going to climb the rock wall and just slam this chick, you know. And and one girl came up and took my hat. She, my, she had We had gone to BB King's in Memphis. And, and uh, she had bought me a... A hat and I was wearing the ball hat and this girl comes in and she takes the hat off my head and puts it on I'm like oh honey you got like two seconds to give that hat back or that girl's gonna kill you <laughs> and she turns around she's oh shit she gives it back to me and runs you know runs away and my wife's just like <laughs> just winding up as she comes why I order you know and uh, so you know so back back in the day you know when when playing music was a big deal the girls would like you know hey what are you doing after the gig you know I mean you making and now it's like a girl literally told literally I hate to do that again because that's your thing but she said, oh no it's at this point brother it's everybody's thing she's like it's catching on it's going viral she's actually propositioning Psych. me propositioning me at Gersel's just to get on the stage to dance 
She goes, can we get up and dance? And I'm like, no, you can't yet. You know, we're still loading our gear out. She goes, I'll blow you if you let me up on stage. And I said, well, if I let you on stage now, would you owe me a blow? Is that how it works? And she goes, no, we'll go out right now. Are you my fucking f- serious? Swear to, swear to God, Joe was right there. He, oh, my friend and I, and then you let us on stage. And I was like, are you serious? And I just, I turned around to Ryan. I said, remember the days when girls used to want to have sex with you because you were a musician? Now they want to have sex with me to get on stage, to get the musician off the stage and outside somewhere, you know? It was the most bizarre thing I had ever seen. And I was like, oh, I'm so disappointed right now. And wondering if she really will, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Would would she really do this? How far can I take this before I finally say, no, you know? I'm just trying to see if you're that desperate and stupid. And I, she probably was. I don't know. I, 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 it doesn't happen often, but I, I got nothing. What are you gonna do? <laughs> well, that's it, kids. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I got nothing. I can't. I no, no. It's I. I feel worse than I did about that's myself. It. Thanks. Well, not about you. About the well, there is future. No, it's there, the sta- it's the state of the industry. There is a future, though. There is future. I mean. Uh, uh, I went to St. Matthew Street Fest and watched Aiden's band play Foo Fighters and Led Zeppelin and and uh, Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. you know. And there's kids, young kids that are they want to continue to go. They want to continue to make music. That that's and, true. I I think there I've seen a little bit of a shift in my students. Um, and I can't think of the age group off the top of my head, but there's there's a group, and and when I say group, I mean it could be hundreds of thousands for all I know. But there's a group. We'll call them between 12 and 16 for the sake of this show because I can't remember. They're finally sick of everything that's in front of them. Yeah. And they're finally going back Yeah, through history because the 25 to probably 19, 18-year-olds, so 18 to 25 demographic that's walking around now, they don't give two fucks about history. They don't give a shit. If it's before 2015, it's old and we don't care. Which drives me out of my fucking mind. But now you're getting younger kids that are going, oh, your shit sucks. Yes. I want to go back through history and see what happened before we all got here. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. It's about time. And, I think it's about time, that too. Cycles. I mean, the other day I'm sitting there and I'm listening to Aiden. He's downstairs playing the piano. And I'm like, what is, what is that? What is he playing? And then I realize he's writing his own. He's got his own version of uh, Everlong. Nice. That he's doing on the piano. Nice. Singing it to the top of his lungs. You know, I'm just like, do it, kid. Keep it up. A- absolutely. You keep know? going. And and there's kids like him that want to keep doing it. And yeah. I'm just like, thank God, because that, that don't let it die. No. <laughs> oh, man. No, because music is, well, entertainment as a whole, actually, to be honest with you, is, I, and I hate it when I say this because I sound like the quintessential cliche-ish old fuck. Yep. Which I am. But it's kind of true. Music is in a state of ugh right now. Movies, it, greatest technology, we can do CGI and everything. Please stop making Spider-Man movies, please. Yeah. For the love of fuck, stop. Yeah. Why do we need 170 Spider-Man movies? We get it. Dude is bit by a spider and can do cool shit. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. I, I, really? I don't know. I don't know. But if you look, that's what they're doing. They're recycling every movie now yeah why do we need Jumanji, uh, Jumanji to come back why, why do we because it's that? got the rock in it I know but what, <laughs> I don't understand Be, I, I, that's what I'm saying it's some shit just leave it the fuck alone I mean it was just, a moment in time it was I mean I don't see anybody trying to remake Miles Davis records because you can't no you can't yeah John Coltrane records you can't you can't fucking stop yeah 
Just leave uh, the shit alone. Although, you know, I do listen to a guy named Josh Smith a lot. So, being a guitar nerd, there's three guys. There's Tim Pierce, Pete Thorne, Josh Smith. Those right. three guys. And they were on a show together. And I watched the show. And I'm listening to them talk about gear and playing and this thing. And then Josh Smith does this thing where he's like, you know, I always want to learn new things. I'm always trying to learn new things. And I'm the same way. And he's like, and I'll learn something from you. And he points to Tim and you, Pete. And then he's like, you know, even John Schofield. And he said, like, the other day I heard something where he played an A major seventh and he plays A flat pentatonic over it. And I'm just like, can you do that? So I grabbed the guitar and I'm like, holy shit, that works. Why does that work? Now I'm on this quest to find out why that works. Right. And what else am I missing? Right. What am, and I don't know how to how I'm going to apply this, but I feel like this is something useful I should have. Well, absolutely. You know? And and I see a lot of kids, you know, Aiden's age, and, and especially he's in the marching band at Manual now. And right. A lot of those kids are the same way. They're always trying to look for these things that maybe they didn't know or some new way to do something that, you know, that nobody's tried yet and right and, uh, and i keep telling you keep writing music keep writing lyrics because that was the part that i always you we talked about you know cover bands i did some original stuff but i would take somebody else's song and do something else with it right you know i wrote this song oh let me hear it do you like it the way it is no i was thinking it needs something let's let's do this and i'll add to it but right. i never just sat down from beginning to end and wrote my own song right i, I can't i've never i'm a terrible either. lyricist I, i'm I'm a decent lyricist. I've contributed a few lyrics, but my my biggest thing is I, I can arrange anything yeah. the way that it needs to be arranged. And I mean from minute details, like you really need to shorten that by two bars. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. Like I get, I get fucking microscopic with it. But I'm really good at that whole thing. Writing melodies and chords and shit, fuck that, somebody else's job. I, I, but I'm not wired that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm wired rhythmically and structurally. I got you. I can structure anything. I just like the the Heaven Hill record. Yeah. There's three songs on there that I have writing credits on, but in the rest of the songs were already pretty much written when I got in the band. But I took what they had, and once we were all comfortable with each other, I said, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're putting all this shit on this chopping block, and I'm gonna show you how to chop it up." And we we did it together, and they took my ideas, and probably 95, 90 percent of them, we kept them, and the songs became better. And that's not a brag on myself. It's just. I think it's part of my personality. I like to cut out the fluff. Hmm? I don't give a fuck about your mom and him. I don't know him. <laughs> no offense, but I don't know him and I'm never going to meet him. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask you how your mom and him are. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, but I, I have that same approach in music. It's like, motherfucker, this riff has been going on for 45 seconds and you haven't uttered a word. Yeah. We need to cut this shit down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I think that arrangement and that structuring comes from, why I'm good at it. But it's important to have. Absolutely. Know? But the rest of that shit, oh, I suck at it. With that editing, it. you end up with, uh, you know, what is it, Dances of Wolves? And, you, and he. <laughs> not that it's a bad movie, but supposedly, allegedly, I don't know if it's true or not, he had three hours of wheat blowing. And they're like, you got to cut some of this shit out, man. He goes, but it's so beautiful. I, I realize that, but a few three seconds. Of, yeah, he had like three hours of like scenes of buffalo and wheat blowing and trees and shit. It's like this movie's six hours long. What are you thinking? Well, nobody's done a six-hour movie for a reason. It's <laughs> a fucking reason, pal. You know, so he had to do a lot of editing, and I'm sure that was really hard to figure out what to put on the chopping block. You know. Oh yeah, it it sucks, but it is what it is. So anyway, thank you for coming over. My pleasure. I appreciate it. You you you've been in the. You've been in the Barstar studio. I have. My office, my apartment. It, it's amazing. <laughs> it is kind of pretty in here. Yeah. I like it. It is. It is nice. I like it. I like it. When I am like I moving it. in? 
Maybe after Rudy listens to the podcast. I was getting ready to say that. I was going to say this will post in a couple of weeks, so I'll give you about three weeks. All right. I think there's been enough time to find. What is it? I got a, I got a letter for jury duty the other day, and I'm trying to figure out how to get out of jury duty. Somebody said, "Do your civic duty." I'm like, "Kiss my ass." I'm like, but it was like, "How do I get out of this?" And then I was like, "Hey, can you be on a jury if you've committed a convicted felon? Because I got a little bit of time." Man, I can go out and commit a felony. He's like, sorry. <laughs> I can't you know, do it. Um, my brother used to say all the time, I'll go to jail. They feed you and everything. And I was like, yeah, but what about the man sex? He goes, I can get used to it. <laughs> Anybody can get used to anything. <laughs> all right, well, Stacey more power tell you. Stacey always says, three hots in a cot. Yeah. They're going to feed me. I get to work out. Might have some terrible sexual things happen to me in the meantime, but hey, you know. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, I got <laughs> I love you, fucker. (laughs) Thanks for coming over. Thanks for spending time with me. I hope you guys learned something from Tony. And for the love of fuck, I hope you laughed as much as I did. Catch me on Cover Band Central. Oh, please, God. The windmill has arrived. (laughs) It's getting a little windy in here. Pirate source. You, sir, are awesome. High five in a microphone. That was a good one. We're out of here. And as I say at the end of every episode, go do some shit. Tony, tell him. Go do some shit. Go do some shit. Go do some shit. Let's go do some shit. Really? That's it? That's, that's like, it. As witty as you are, you're like, let's go do some shit. Let's go do some shit. Find some shit to do and go do it. Expeditiously. My good my good friends. And when you get done and you visit the Conservatory of Music. Yes. After the Conservatory, make sure you find some exquisite shit. To go partake in. And after you partake in the exquisite shit, you can have a divinity exposure sandwich. sandwich. Toasted with cheese. With cheese. Queso for my Spanish people. So until next time, I will talk at you soon. <laughs>